the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Mystery Men. Yeah. I, I like Mystery Men. You, better, you probably never seen it. Pop in your DVD yeah, or Blurry. It's, Press it's play. pretty underground. You probably never saw it. Press <laughs> When the Universal logo has faded to black, the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause, and in a second I'll say 3, 2, 1, and pause, at which point I'll press play. You'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. This week, myself as always, Chief Christy, Sax Car. Hi. Yeah, you can't wave. Yeah. It's radio, man. It's no, but I mean, you said my name's so more of the information they need. Like, I am also Sax Car. Yeah. You no, could do something just... witty, or you, you could you could take off your top hat that you're wearing. Well, we're doing this whole pre-programmed bit where I don't know what to do. Uh, Michael right. Dorkman Scott. <laughs> what? Damn it. And Trading Amazing Stokes. Yes. Mystery Men, I, I saw it when it came out, and I remember it was sort of, this and Death to Smoochie are actually connected <laughs> in my mind, because they were dark and they weirded me out when I first saw them. And then I, but I remember like over the years since then. It's funny because just reading the trivia, Danny DeVito was going to direct yeah, this was one. Be the wow, was crazy! Be and direct yeah. it. Crazy. This, uh, I remember, and this is a weird experience to have. I, I remember the movie pretty well. I remember being weirded out by it. But as I got older, it came out in '99, I guess. So I would have been three or four. As I got older, I, I started remembering the movie and liking it more. Like I, I started getting things about it, and I revisited it this uh, this past week, yesterday actually. And I, 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 I kind of fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah. There are some there are some things it does that are a little goofy, a lot of which can be sort of swept under the rug because it's a kind of cartoony world anyway. She has a flying bowling ball right off the bat. Yeah, and that's which is so much crazier than a guy who shoots spider webs out of his wrist. Right, right. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of it has its dopey moments, but on the whole, it's fun and I enjoy the characters. And there's this is one of those all time like JFK or A Few Good Men all time great movies for the Kevin Bacon game. Because everybody's, everybody's in this fucking. In you guys didn't know where I was going with that, did you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's everybody's in this goddamn movie. You out. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, in this right. goddamn movie. There are even movie. people in this movie who weren't famous yet. Eddie Izzard, fucking. <laughs> CeeLo Green is in this movie. Is CeeLo? Is, is that CeeLo? Yeah. Michael Bay is in this. Michael movie. Bay does a cameo. Dude, he was already can Michael we bring Bay our can we bring point. our brewskis? Yeah. Michael and uh, my favorite one is Doug Jones. Yeah. Uh, Abe, Dane Abe, Cook. Yeah. Well, Dane Cook shows up, but he 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 Dane Cooks all over this fucking movie. Uh, for, for eight but seconds. Doug Jones, uh, Abe, um, what's his last name? Sapien. Sapien from uh, Hellboy, and of course the scary monster guy in uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo's skinny guy, shows up just to be the skinny guy in this movie because why not? And it's just it's just fun and dopey and interesting. And I was watching this movie, and what occurred to me is that Watchmen, such yeah. such as it is, Watchmen is the what happens next question for superheroes in a real world universe. Mm-hmm. This is the what happens next in the cartoon universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm down. This is totally a, a riff off of Watchmen. It's like a, a you know yeah Mystery Men. Watchmen got clipped on the shoulder and went spinning <laughs> off to the side, <laughs> and it became mystery. It became like Men. a satirical yeah. wacky version. Anyway, of Watchmen. it's not perfect, and we're gonna we're gonna have some some negative things to say about it. But on the whole, it's just a weird ass, funny, goofy, dark movie. Well, and I'm down. Sax. This is pretty. I mean, I don't know this for any amount of fact, but considering it has Stiller and Giraffalo and a number of other like major comedians that were basically all trucking together at the time in it, I suspect that one of them picked up the Dark Horse comic that this was based on and said, "Let's do a movie where we get to be funny yeah. that is vaguely based on this." Let's put the I, band yeah. back together. I want to point out that the original Mystery Men comic has flaming carrot in it, so like, there's this is radically different than the source material. And is it literally a flaming carrot? Yeah, it's a it's a flaming carrot. I believe with legs. Okay, which uh, a carrot I, top. I just think yeah. it would be hard to realize on film you know so the mis- at the time that would have been pretty yeah, expensive exactly. yeah. yeah and and well, the villain or, expensive or, now impossible in 99 yeah. Yeah. or awesome in a corman way if they yeah. just <laughs> put a guy in a foam suit and set his head on fire <laughs> yeah it's just constantly <laughs> on fire 
Uh, well, they also uh, they also like they they upped a villain who was like a side villain into a major villain, and they did a lot more with the changing. But it's basically a chance to see all these great comedic talents essentially doing an ensemble piece. Yeah, and uh, I think it kind of reminds me of Ghostbusters when you put it that way. Yeah. yeah, you take a bunch of comedians, put them in a movie together with one central theme, and just say go. It is. Well, the, Ghost, at, Ghostbusters was like the SNL movie, you know, reunion, and this is kind of the Ben Stiller show yeah. reunion. At at this time, in fact, uh, when there were rumors of Ghostbusters three, pretty much the the cast of Watchmen was going to be the new team of Ghostbusters. That's interesting. I just like how you pointed out there was a specific time in history where there was talks about Ghostbusters three. Well, no, I'm saying no. I'm saying I'm saying at this well, point in the Ghostbusters three talks, one, there wasn't. Yeah, at um, this point in the Ghostbusters three talks, the, they, uh, were, they were talking Ben Stiller. And the timeline of rumors about Ghostbusters three is not a point on the chart. Yeah. It's a yeah. line. Yeah. Um, it's a plane. But do you like the movie? Oh yeah, I mean, I very much enjoyed it, and I and I also hate someone in this film. This isn't a theme, folks. I just happen to hate two <laughs> actors ever. We have two films in, a, but anyway. But I am um, I am not a huge Ben Stiller fan because he traditionally plays a guy who just gets screwed so badly that I just can't watch. And I don't know, his selling misery sort of thing does not work for me. Or he's like the the, the kind of retarded mean guy, like yeah. the, the Zoolander plays in Dodgeball. I like well, Zoolander. It, I like Zoolander, and then in Dodgeball, he's like Zoolander but mean, basically. Dodgeball, he was the same character he was in, wait for it, Heavyweights. Yeah. Remember that movie? No. Nope. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Yeah. That's going. That's that's like a summer kids movie from ninety four, ninety three. The title rings a, a bell, but had I had a little baby uh, Kenan Thompson and a little baby Ben Stiller in it. Wow. Anyway, I'm, I'm not a fan of of Stiller, but I actually like him in this film. I think Mr. Furious is actually my favorite character. Yeah, really. Uh, and uh, just for some strange reason, there's something about him. Except the that's in- just so useless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 the idea that he's like that in a world where everyone's basically adopting powers that essentially they either don't have or yeah. barely have. He's the one who's like, yeah, I'm great when I'm angry and then just doesn't really ever capitalize on that, yeah. but ends up being a necessary leader piece. I don't know. Maybe I have an anger issue and I resonate with it. I'm not yeah. sure, but it's, it's a, I liked the film a lot. I liked a lot of it. Uh, I thought Paul Rubens does a fantastic job in it. It was sort of a, you know. That was, that was for me the first time seeing him outside of Pee Wee, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? Have you seen Blow? Like, Wait, yeah, you, I have now. It was, it was yes. kind of a, it was kind of a okay, it's, been, it's, been, it's right. been long enough. We can... We can kind of maybe let Pee Wee Herman appear mm-hmm. in public again. You know, let, let yeah. Paul yeah. Rubens do them because you let him out of the doghouse. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just it's it's an it's an altogether good movie. It deserves to be a cult classic, uh, and and it is. And I guess it's steadily getting some you know attention. I would love to see it played more like in little hipster theaters and get people behind it because yeah. it's just a, it's a great little film. And it's actually probably the last or one of the last times I've liked Janine Garofalo. Yeah, for me too. When she went when she went with the tats, it was over for me with me, with me and Janine. But uh, for me, that's when it started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, see, but you're younger. I'm my and, age, and, and my that's age... at the same time she clearly gave up on people like oh, no. you. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, well, ha, 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 ha. That's my, true. my age is, you know, hey, no, I'm the age that I am, and which is a you know generation away from you guys, and you know, tattoos on pretty girls, they don't go on pretty girls, they go on sailors on the cover of National Geographic, uh, and otherwise, you know, it's it's a terrible thing. But the so, but uh, she's adorable in this, and a, a weird movie, a weird a movie that I love her in is a Truth About Cats and Dogs, where she's adorable in that movie, and I love her in that film. But, oh, Trey, uh, it is, it's adorable. Dorkman, she, how are you on uh, on Mystery Men? Uh, I love this movie. Uh, I, at least I keep I keep qualifying it with at least i did the last time i saw yeah. it i'm afraid i'm gonna pull a, i'm so afraid i'm gonna pull a spider-man 2 and just fucking hate on this movie all of a sudden <laughs> but i don't think i will because i i remember very specific reasons for for loving it i think the characters are great i love you know like like you say i have a problem with ben stiller generally speaking for from the same movie the meet the parents i was like that just no that that 
left me damaged in my soul to watch that movie. That wasn't funny. Yeah. I have I've I, avoided it. I have no interest yeah, in ever I, seeing it. I, like I, I came out of it like I need therapy from that movie. Like I just went through that. That wasn't funny. Force of all. awkward or um, just force of mean spirited comedy. It's mean. Yeah, it's more than awkward because I like awkward. I, I watch The Office and stuff like that, but it's just mean. And um, that's that inability to uh, to get out of it logically. Where, like, you just look at a character and you're like, just tell people what right, happened. And right. then they don't. And that happens for a whole movie. Right. And also <laughs> with, with something like The Office, there's also the moment where there's the crazy awkward, but there's also the, like, all right, well, everyone is just going to accept this because that's who that character is. And they, they just let that be. But with Meet the Parents, it's not like that. It just builds and builds and builds and builds. And there's no release of tension. But we're not doing that movie. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to go and, off on of that. And clearly we're not going to in any hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. But um, uh, yeah, I loved Mystery Man. I think Mr. Furious is great. He's he's decided that his power is when he gets angry, but he has no <laughs> anger issues. He's got the opposite of anger issues. He's like just the most chill guy, and yeah. he can't make himself get angry. And, and all when these... he does, nothing happens. Yeah, I think it's it. funny because if you think about it in Watchmen terms, um, only one of them has a superpower. So the bowler is right. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, and then the and then the Blue Raja. Ooh, I love Hank Azaria. He's I love Hank. Tremendous. I want him to be in everything yeah. Yeah. ever. Uh, he have, makes Godzilla okay. Have yeah. you seen? And have you seen him when he plays dramatic? When he just plays it straight? Yeah. He's fucking amazing. I'm sure he is. Um, but he's, he's got such a. He's so fucking awesome. And uh, Lacage Foe or uh, Birdcage. Yeah, yeah. Bird I, I love Hank Azaria. But it, but like the Blue Raja is so, so funny because he makes such little sense. And, yeah. and even even the people around him are going nothing about you makes sense your power doesn't yeah. make sense your name doesn't make sense. you're not british <laughs> you're not even wearing blue what is yeah. that about it's um and just can you please throw knives yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the i'm not knifey boy i'm just blue raja this is like just mo- how does that explain the spoons yeah. but uh or the, but anyway um yeah and you uh, we could just go that way with all the characters it's like this is just this it's it's so baffling that it's charming. It's like yeah. where did this come from? Where yeah. and and it's a you know uh, based loosely on uh, on a comic book, but yeah, it's it's just got its own little thing. It's it doesn't feel like anything else. It's very unique and and strange, but it's it's got it, it follows all its own rules, and it's like okay, this is this little fucking weird self-contained <laughs> thing, but I I love the characters and I love the story, and I'm I'm very entertained. All the way through. Trey? Yeah, I same here. I uh, The way I always interpreted the movie and whether or not it was the intent of the original comic book or whatever, it's, it's isn't it convenient for superheroes that when they gain their powers, whatever they may be, that those powers are useful for fighting crime? <laughs> Whereas this is, this is about the people who are like, what's your power? Really? That's my, it? My favorite line is, honey, I shovel well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's about a guy who's a... Sh- that's he what shovels, he does. He shovels well, and he really shovels well, and he wants to be a superhero. So this, this I, I related to it I because like it's, this is the B list too. Yeah, where it's not about the superheroes; it's about the the wannabes. This is this is about the nerds of the superhero group. Yeah. These are the, these are the outcasts of superheroes. Doctor Horrible later traded on the same sort of th- absolutely same did. sort of theme, you know, and the the idea of uh, and the fact that the the one genuine superhero is a douchebag, yeah. and uh, you know, which you kind of think actually the villain, yeah. essentially at least you, one of them. If you kind of think about what you know, like Watchmen, it's like what would Superman be like in real life? What would Batman be real, like in real life? He probably wouldn't talk to you. Yeah. He wouldn't talk to you. He wouldn't associate with you in any way. He has nothing in common with you other than maybe he'll you know save your life, but he doesn't want to get to know you. He doesn't to care about who you are. It's like Batman saves you, and then you look up, and you're like, want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse me. Gotta go. So it's, it's an amusement. It's... <clears throat> 
Interesting. Uh, the the interesting thing about it is directed by a, a director who, in the twelve years since, has not directed another feature film, the, and has only directed this one ever. Um, Kinka Kinka Usher uh, is uh, is one of those people. Who's like, well, if you look at IMDb, then clearly he died in nineteen ninety nine <laughs> after he made the movie, which is not true at all because he's a very successful before and since commercial director. And many directors like Michael Bay and many others made the transition from music videos and commercials to to directing movies. And sometimes they become Michael Bay, and sometimes the movie so- is. Sometimes. Unfairly, notoriously a bomb, and you go back to making commercials and making millions at it because making commercials is actually the most lucrative directing job there is. So Kinka Usher out there is doing just fine wherever he is and not uh, missing the feature world that much. So but don't you cry for him. Yeah, he did, among other things, he did the uh, at the time the Yo Quiero Taco Bell commercials, which was, you know, he's making a mint on those. And But this is a – other than uh, – and we'll, we'll, we'll start it, but uh, the, the opening scene – is like, oh, this movie's in serious trouble. Because the opening scene is so wrong and, and gets off to such a bad start. It I don't starts, remember the it opening It starts scene, the movie so off. Artie totally Lang shows up way. with red steampunk goggles and throws over an old people's home. Yeah. Mm. It's, and it's the way it's, it's just the way it's done. It's, it's Wait, nothing wrong with well, the concepts. It's the way it's done that, that throws the movie off, but then the movie gets better. But I, I love start, this movie. I have an like, alternate universe, red, red uh, fringe red universe concept for this film. Watch it as if, instead of superheroes, they're all actors. <laughs> and they're all really proud of a quality of acting they're not very good at. And they're like an improv troupe trying to get attention. And Greg Kinnear is the really successful actor. It actually works. The whole analogy works well, is, if yeah. superheroes were famous people. Everyone's like, it's the Blue Raj thing. is like, I can yeah. throw like forks. And someone's like, no one cares about improvising in today's market, is essentially yeah. what people are saying. It's an unusual way to see the film. Oh, Sax, you're the improv downtrodden. I <laughs> am, yes. On that note, you're at the point where the Universal logo has faded to black, like I am, and my fingers are on the mouse so try to keep up three motherfucker <laughs> two motherfucker one motherfucker on un- i didn't even say pause try to keep up psych there's four motherfuckers by the way in case you're counting. now uh is this movie the galaxy quest of superheroes um it doesn't turn it on its head enough yeah sure yeah we'll it's not it's soon. not it's not being it's not as subversive yeah it's not it's not going straight well i don't know i don't know if galaxy quest is even subversive it's satire because the thing about galaxy quest Galaxy Quest embraces. The yeah, tropes. Galaxy Quest is is more like Shaun of the Dead in that it's it's living in that world and going, you know. But yeah. what if we're well? I guess Mystery Men is then because Mystery Men is this is that world, but we're following the wrong characters. So yeah, it's, I guess it's, I would agree yeah. that that it probably is. It's this, like, by yeah, the way, is so weird and out of left field. Not the scene, the fact that this universe, which by the way it doesn't need to be, is apparently Blade Runner. Like there's old, right. there's like yeah. old school future. Utopian well, cities. It's, it's half at, Blade Runner and it's half Batman and Robin. Yeah, right or if you look so. at, I was gonna say Burton's Batman, which you know sort of set the tone. But uh, you know the idea is like, but there's like screens on the walls and stuff. Yeah, who the hell lives in that city that Batman drives around in? Where where do they? Where are the schools? You know, it's like some strange Gothic fantasy paradise that can't be isn't a real city. Yeah. But, uh, you now, know, Trey, is your contention that this is just too silly? It's not that it's silly. It's that the jokes are a little unpleasant and and often like just stupid. There's like a bedpan joke. There's a joke where the hand the, the arm gets stuck on the chandelier. It's, it's like, and and the movie never like makes that wrong a choice. This ever feels like again. a foreign director directing an American comedy. It absolutely yeah. does. Like trying to be. Where are you being it wacky? feels. It feels like. Uh, it feels like the. Le, you know the the lens should be like an eleven millimeter, and this is a Gilliam film. Like yeah. then it would make total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just blew my those. fucking mind. And, yeah. I and I don't again. I don't mind the the idea I, I of the the concept of it, it that you know these guys 
have to be, you know, the, the mystery men are going to save a sad little old folks party from a bunch of very bizarre and not very effective bad guys because that's the level that they operate right, on. Right. That all is fine. They it's can't. Just, these are, well, like, like you said with the improv troupe, this is the gig they have to play. They haven't yeah, got yeah. the big theaters but and the stuff. Idea They're of, playing the know, old folks. Stealing home. the guy's eye doesn't make any sense, even in this universe. And, the, you know, the bedpan, the artificial arm, and the, you know, and the punch bowl joke, and the, the slapstick. I will say that I want his goggles. Yeah, me too. I yeah. was just going to say that. Do you see my uh, – I got steampunk goggles back there. Can They're I, really expensive ones uh, from, like, can, Scotland. I'll, I'll put out um, – bef- before we uh, move t- too far from it, from the intro, um, an- another movie that, that failed in the execution, but the script was great. It ultimately became Hancock. A, yeah. The story of yeah. the misanthropic superhero who saves people, and they they look up. They're like, "Thank Wait. you, Hancock," and he's like, "Shut up!" and flies away because yeah. he doesn't want. Like people ask him, they're like, "Why do you why do you save people when you hate them so much?" And he's like, "I don't even know. I've just got these powers, and I got to do something with them." Yeah, which does, is, again another great subversive concept. Yeah. Of does the shoveler just hit Artie Lang in the face while he has a fork stuck in cake yeah. in his mouth? Well, wouldn't, wouldn't that I kill would, you? I'd do it too. I would have done it too. See the whole thing. Like, yeah, uh, the fluid went into the bedpan. <laughs> like Teague does. Yeah, it was hey. like just the, the worst possible joke, which is you Teague, know, you're in this movie. Look, you're, you're like finding you Ben are. Stiller twice. Put the goggles With on. Awesome goggles. Yeah. Put the goggles on. Go to Comic Con. You're good to go. Yeah. Artie Lang uh, shows up for this scene and this scene only, and he's apparently a person that people know. No, so. well, he's a Howard Stern okay guy, uh, and he's made, as far as I'm aware, and there, I'm sure there's more, but as far as I'm aware, only two appearances in movies. Fucking IMDb, this shit, and proving wrong on the forum. Didn't he do Maximus Awesomest? I don't know. Awesomest Maximus? The one I'm thinking of is uh, the movie Dirty Work with um, Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang pulling pranks on people. That's, a, that's actually a weirdly popular one. Yeah, I hear a that's lot of a, that's people a saying film, they really yeah. like, people like Dirty that Work. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. I feel well. about Dirty Work the way I'm defensive about people feeling about basketball. Like I, I feel like basketball is mine and I don't like Dirty Work, but I always feel like people are attacking basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like Dirty Rick was retarded, and a lot of people think it's their their comedy. You know, what's interesting is that you, if they actually didn't like hurt each other, oh, I'm they sorry, would be, and directed by Bob Saget, they would be okay in this movie. The mystery like, man, like yeah, the mystery man would be all right at what they do. They have abilities, like the yeah. Blue Raja is like doing yeah, stuff. That's an amazing thing that he can do. Yeah, it's just you know not. And the shoveler the is is actually pretty much effective throughout the film. Like, he, he's not uh, – other than the fact that he hit Ben Stiller there, he's actually quite an effective melee combatant. Yeah. I mean, if he just didn't use a shovel, for God's sake. Yeah, the, the shoveler the shoveler is, is as skilled as the Punisher. He's just using <laughs> yeah. a shovel as his weapon of choice. And then, of course, any movie – here's I have a theory, um, and I can be proved wrong, but uh, I, I, might, I can't think of an example. Any movie with Ricky Jay in it, good movie. Right. Uh. Also, Guaranteed. if Ricky J appears in your film, then whoever he's associating with are the villains. Like Ricky J is never a hero. Interesting. Which is f- sad because Ricky J is such a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. Although he's in the, he's in the heist. He has a great character that does in the heist. Um, worth well worth checking out. David Mamet. We've referenced David Mamet. When you want to see David Mamet actually make a film, uh, the heist is uh, a great David Mamet film with Ricky J in a, in a sizable role. I, I think he. I, I mean, I. I love uh, a lot of mammoths. I haven't seen the heist, but uh, Red Belt and, uh, of course, Glengarry Glen Heist Ross. is really good. I've, I've I've watched it several times, and uh, it's got that Sam Rockwell dude in it, and and the Danny DeVito. It's got an amazing cast. On the subject of Ricky Jay, I grew up with a, and I'll, I'll I'll stress this because I cared a lot, an exceedingly difficult to find tome called Cards as Weapons, written yeah, it's, by Ricky it's Jay, worth yeah. hundreds of dollars. Yeah. I have it. I own it. 
And really? it is badass. And it is from it is the place from which I learned almost all the things I was once really good at and can now still kind of not as well do with cards, including throwing them. And uh, Ricky Jay is, for just those playing the home game, the best uh, card manipulator uh, in terms of basically throwing them uh, on the planet. Jeff McBride is another manipula- card manipulator. But he mo- mostly does. He does. Tricks. He does. He does, he does yeah. productions mostly. Yeah. Fans and yes. productions. To digitation. Yes. But Ricky, but Ricky J can, like, can literally yeah. throw a card into the rind of a watermelon. Which, by the way, I did too one time. He could do it consistently on stage. I tried for months and I did it once. But it's fucking hard. He, he can, threw it over the Magic Castle once. He threw a card over the Magic. Mm-hmm. Castle. He can. He can throw. Uh, I, I. I, I heard Ricky J has a third video. fist under his beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a video where he he just throws cards at a watermelon for like 15 minutes, but it's so engaging, and he he manages to throw. He does like a Robin Hood. He throws one card into the watermelon, and he's like, "All right, right next to that one." And he throws another card right in yeah, next to it. Literally, like throw a stack. Yeah, I was stack um, I was legitimately very good at throwing cards for a while there. I could uh, I could chop a banana in half, uh, peeled, not through the skin, from 15 feet away. From 15 feet away, that's that's you need a lot of force to get through the banana, and it's an accuracy thing, and it's a it's a fun skill. If you ever want to kill a summer the way I did, with a deck of playing cards a and, and a target yeah. across the room, getting good at throwing playing cards is oddly helpful. Like every now and then, you'll just do it in front of people, and they'll go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> well, that's and then don't do it again. That's what Bill Murray said in uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. It, she's a couple like, hours a day, six months. No, you'll, yeah. you'll be good at it right now. Be yeah. that. Be the hat. The uh, the idea of the product placement, talk about product placement, well, that's a, is uh, the advertising that he actually has a corporate sponsorship is, I think, one of the great jokes of this. It's very Booster Gold, sort of very pre preeminent Booster Gold in the selling sponsorship on your on your on yourself. The fact that he has to then become a villain basically because he doesn't want to be. The, if there are too many heroes, he if, it's too, if the town's too safe, he won't get sponsors. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I love the idea that he gets bored, so he releases one of his his old villains because like all the fun's gone. Like, what am I doing? I'm I'm playing, you know, I'm playing the old folks home. I gotta I gotta play the the yeah. Carnegie halls again. You gotta you gotta get me a good gig. Get me a good villain to beat up and and destroy half the city again, so it, they it, can appreciate me. Sort of like Watchmen Watchmen did as well. This 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 movie slash comic book takes the idea of you know. The rest of the day in a superhero's life, you know, what do they deal with? What do they think about? What's it like to be a superhero for a year or two years and ten years? And and these things do start to creep in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm bored. You know, I'm I'm people aren't adoring me anymore because I've gotten rid of all the supervillains and I'm losing my sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you know, the idea of the simplistic superhero, it kind of it takes in a satirical way, takes the idea of what what is the full life of a superhero like. We should mention Watchmen like the book more than the movie because in the movie they all they had made some a book weird, out of Watchmen. Yeah, they had some weird superpowers in the movie, whereas like in the book, you know, almost every one of the characters was just a person. Yeah, but Wait, their the, superpowers. That was the point. Who well, had superpowers aside they were, from they Manhattan? Were, they were a little the bit more. They all capable. do. They, they, they were like super. Well, they were super strong. Yeah, yeah, they were super strong. They could take being smashed into walls and shit like that. And, and the that guy was, from Hard Candy was sympathetic, so I didn't buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he totally molested five children before this. He, movie he fucked started. Juno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or wanted to, anyway. Ricky, oh, yeah, yeah. Ricky J has a line when here. When in actuality, Juno fucked him. Yeah. Ricky J has a line here where he says, I'm your publicist, I'm not a magician. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky J, by the way, is. I don't know how the fuck a fat, more or less unattractive Jew is all hell magician became an actor, but he's such a great actor. I'm so fucking glad he ended up in movies Maybe. because he's so cool. 
dude, magicians, ma- magic and acting is basically the yeah. same thing. You have you to say that now, but if you see David Copperfield try to deliver a line, <laughs> you will retract, sir. That's fair enough. David Copperfield has a great stage presence. Stage presence, yeah. 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 Well, he, well, how is that not He dances a line? like a fiend. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just did ninja moves because it was... I, I talk like Eddie Doty. Um, no. I saw him on a sitcom once, and he was... <laughs> it wasn't working. That's because he wasn't delivering his own lines. Right. Well, right that's, yeah. I guess that's Doing fair. his thing. But who? Other magicians? David Bowie. It, well, he, Funny little loser. Yeah. Um... No, Penn and Teller were amusing Penn and Teller. on uh, Penn and Teller Teenage Witch. I like, yeah. I like well, no, Penn. Yeah. Teller's a really nice Teller's guy, by the way. Too. Teller yeah. is really Teller's nice. Teller's great. Yeah. yeah. He's a very, great. the word for Teller is um, dapper. Yeah. yeah. He's dapper a very and, dapper and, guy. And he is as soft-spoken as you would expect, yeah. really. He's he not talk. Very yeah, articulate. He talk. Yeah, that, uh, very articulate. Uh, Look at us fagging out about magic. That recent Simpsons episode where we meet Penn and Teller backstage and Teller talks, and when Penn goes to talk, he goes, no. The gypsy's curse was you talk on stage <laughs> and I talk when we're not. Yeah. <laughs> and um, pretty serious effects in this movie, yeah. we should also mention. Mm-hmm. I, I have, was that a model at the time? I, I think the, 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 move, the move was so beautiful, I think it has to have been right. a model. Yeah. <laughs> I love models, by the way. Ed Wood, the first little sequence in Ed Wood where they're flying over old Hollywood. We should do Ed Wood because I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, there's, a movie there's a movie that's going to have some split uh, opinions about it in the chat room. Really? Because any movie with Maurice LaMarche is fucking awesome. <laughs> anyway. Now here, here oh, I forgot about Captain Barbosa. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush, Rush is in this movie. Jeffrey Rush is another one of those actors. Who will that, do this. Well, that, that and God you're bless like, him. You, you watch him in movies like this, and you're like, I, I'm so glad that he will, he's willing to like slum it. He already like had this. an Oscar at this point, and he just did King's Speech. Right. But, but he's also Captain Barbosa and Casanova Frankenstein. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's so beautiful. And Eddie Izzard shows up, by the way. Eddie Izzard. This is Lena Olin. Lena Olin is uh, is also a uh, well known respected. Is she actor. the chick? I was I was going back and forth on this in my mind. Is she the chick, uh, the old Silk Spectre, and no, also no, the dance that's, teacher that's, in Sucker Punch? That's Carly Gino. Okay, because her face did that to me. What did I just say? Oh, have you? Um... <laughs> and this look for Jeffrey Rush <laughs> with the hair and the no shirt and the yeah. huh? Okay, it's like Barbosa with his shirt off. Rehabilitated. Right? Well, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> yeah. I know what you think it means. That'd be great. Let's let's redub this scene with that. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Or actually, no, I think it should be redubbed shit. with uh, with Nicolas Cage from Raising Arizona. I am rehabilitated, sir. You're not telling us what we want to hear. Well, yeah, I am telling you what you want to hear. <laughs> I am rehabilitated. Um, have you guys done uh, If Looks Could Kill yet? New. Nor, nor watched it. What is that? It looks good. Kill the like. I forget actually who was in Look Good Kill. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just bad at remembering actors and things. You should watch it. That's all I'm saying. What the hell is it? It's a. It's a. You should watch it so I don't have to try and remember it. It's, a, it's like a 007 ripoff with uh, some odd half Italian star as the like looks kid who becomes kill. a spy. Richard Grieco yeah. and Linda Hunt. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard of it. Well worth it. An oldie. So, so clearly, Captain Amazing is is definitely the Batman thing because his you know his alter ego is you know this straight laced dude, I, lawyer. Th- th- I love, I love, slash, I, love slash I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love that 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 he does this where he shows up and uh, it's clearly him. And then Mister Furious is the only one who's like, guys, they're never in the same room together. They look the same. And where is he getting all of his funding from? It's yeah, clearly the same guy. Just the and, then, and then the, the shoveler in particular is like, no. No, he wears glasses. He doesn't. And then later, uh, in, in the room with Captain Amazing in the chair, he's like, 
hey, do you know that that lawyer guy? He's like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, totally me. It's me. <laughs> and then and then Mr. Furious is like, oh, awesome. And he's like, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> no, it's not really. And I, you know, it's interesting that he got him – I mean, you know, uh, compact storytelling and stuff, and it's more interesting to have the two of them in the room because, you know, you get the sense that, that uh, God, Casanova – God, is such a nerd. Shut up. I just got my free comic day comics. Oh, my God. This is when we recorded this. Yeah. It's free comic day. It's dated. <laughs> Mickey came back with a stack of comics and had him a sax, and he's like, ooh. Just flips. In flip. Zombieland, every day is free comic day. That's Presumably, right. uh, Casanova Frankenstein knows – who he is in Soviet Russia? You know? Comic yeah. frees you. So, it's it's interesting that you you got to think. He, even Casanova Frankenstein is like, really, this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, all right. Can't believe that worked. Yeah, I totally can't believe that worked out. I showed up and said some crazy Charles Mansony things, thinking that surely I'm never going to get out. And then my nemesis came and made them let me go. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, Casanova sitting there like, oh no, fucking wrong one here. No, don't they know? Do they not know yet? Did he not tell them? Vismat. Rush, Rush, kind of Rush. Jeffrey Rush kind of has that, plays the character that way, where even Frankenstein can't believe that things work out his way. He's because he's just kind of he just is that guy. And he's just like, yeah, wow, okay, so cool. That was good that that happened. This is an unusual universe altogether. Like they 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 went so far into building this universe around these characters that, as you pointed out so earlier. Was not necessary. Like we don't need them to live in a world where like there's a vismat at your coffee shop, but they do. <laughs> you know who I love? Bill Macy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I just love the all hell out of Bill Macy. And there's a funny. He was in a video or a film. A film. They make movies. Uh, called Bart got a room with Kate McCucci. They make movies there, don't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> with Kate McCucci, who is the world's cutest girl. I saw Bart got a room, and I was kind of like, yeah, it was a but great. He was good. You know who it. else? It was also uh, Brandon Hardesty, the guy that does his reenactments uh-huh. on YouTube. Is in. in any case, Bill Macy uh, did a little uh, video on the set with Kate McCucci. I guess they both play ukuleles, yeah. and they oh, both I've they wrote that. they wrote a little that song, I've seen, yeah. and it's just fucking Bill Macy and the world's cutest girl sitting there just going. Just playing a little song together. It's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Does Kate listen to this show or know you? Or I don't think so. Oh. Ooh, I'm not positive. I bump into her all the time. I'll have to tell her she has a fan. Sax works at Meltdown. <laughs> I do. Where nerds go. Yeah. And who are you talking about? Kate McCucci. Who is half of Garfunkel cute. and Oats. If you watched oh, Scrubs, which okay. I don't think you did, okay. she was no, the gooch. But I've, but I've, well, I've heard of Garfunkel and Oats. Though. I've seen that stuff. Yeah. Fat, pregnant women are smug. Yes. Yes. Okay. The, the brunette of the two of them. Although Ricky is cute, too. Fair enough. Since, since we may be talking to them directly, let's just... Yeah. Uh, they're they're <laughs> no, both no, cute I, in their I, own... I, yeah. I, I just wanted I like to tell her, you guys like that you were great notes. in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> to bring this back to movies. Um, Who says the waitress? Claire Forlani, Claire, for those yeah. playing the home game. As smug waitress number six. Yeah. My friend she Chad. She thing for a little while, wasn't she? Yeah. Chad yeah. Peter. Yeah, yep. she was in Mallrats. She was in Basquiat. Motherfucker, do you yeah. speak it? Um, Chad Peter has this this theory that beautiful people, but I, I, he says beautiful women, and I, I, I it's it's true across the board. It, you made it non sexist. Beautiful people are just one percent off from mutants. Like they are, they are <laughs> so like yeah. Uma Thurman, Angelina Jolie, like yeah. one degree off from just looking like a mutant. Yeah, it's true. I, I, oh, I yeah. Emily the- Browning in Sucker Punch. Doesn't look like yeah. That's not a person. I I have <laughs> I have had the privilege of of seeing Elizabeth Hurley in real life and ten years ago uh, when it was even more striking and literally was like, that's not a human person. That's not a human being. 
She's too perfect. And yeah, so there was something. She, she was the uncanny valley. She was like. You were looking at her and freaking out. And going, that's not a real human It was like being. hanging out with Resident Evil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like she was grown in a lab somewhere. The to, movie Resident to, Evil. To, to, to mess with my mind. I mean, she's just phenomenally beautiful. She's like literally, tie me to the mast. Here comes Liz Hurley. She's just amazing to look at. My mast. And so I totally, I, I kind of subscribed to that thing. Is yeah, The Odyssey, look it up. I was yeah. going to say, my mast was already tied. Uh, finished the and there's Eddie Izzard. Kind of still a transvestite. Hard to tell in this movie who's a transvestite and who isn't. He was. He had not broken at all as a as a no. He wasn't a, com- a thing. comedian I, here. Yeah. yeah, disco transvestite. Yeah. yeah, running, jumping, climbing trees, <laughs> loving John Travolta. <laughs> yes, and using apparently a multiculturally labeled payphone. Every, everything's multicultural. There's Cyrillic. There's a lot. There's also a lot of um, Japanese Japanese on. characters mm-hmm. all over the place. So we're to believe this, this is, is Firefly. The future. This is Firefly, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is presumably the future. This is a mix of Blade world. Runner and Firefly and Watchmen, and the Ben Stiller show. They're gonna get sponsored by Blue Sun later. Yeah. I think. I think that's why it works. Though it's mixed so heavily that you're like, I don't know what's happening. It's a new thing now. It's gonna, it's, I feel it's, like it's, they could have spent less on the budget though to make this weird post-apocalyptic strange universe. Yeah. In the chat room, Strange Lens says, "Disco transvestite's my new band name." Yep. Great nice. name. It's, and it's, it's also, isn't that a lyric in a Marcy Playground song? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. This is kind of the future of the past. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's what comic book worlds look like 20 years ago. The future! With, you know, everything is neon, and, and some of it actually came true. And There's zeppelins over the cities. Yeah, zeppelins is somehow... Dude, I'm future. fucking holding off. I'm carrying a torch for that, because we're going to have zeppelins. Yeah. If it was a good idea oh, yeah, 80 years it, ago, and it was a good idea 20 years I ago, did. it's going to be a good idea in 15 years, and finally the Chrysler building will have merit. And as we all know from that picture, it was a good idea 80 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, filling them with hydrogen was the have you seen idea. that? Have you seen that meme where it's just a manatee in black and white in the sky, oh, the and it's on man- fire? Oh, oh the, the huge, huge manatee! <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, and as we oh. said in the fly, oh, the gold blue manatee. <laughs> is it? There's a. One of, this is one of those things where some movies can get away with a not very successful matte painting, and this is kind of one of those movies. <laughs> you, know, you kind of expect it to to sort of you know oh. have. We all saw that coming. Yeah, just back up. Back yeah. By the way, this was a test audience change. Initially, it was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little too dark. I he guess. just rolled over a stuffed animal, ripped its head off. People at home. So this, this you know, I think this is amusing that he comes home. You know, the superhero has to come home to the wife, and you know, you're late again. What are you doing? You're not. By late. the way, this is by calling it out. I'm like cheapening giant it. Giant Peggy Bundy hair and stuff. By calling it out, I'm cheapening it. But I love how effortlessly and how uninterested this movie is with the fact that there's an interracial couple. Yeah. They don't even refer to it. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. I love it. Uh, More movies, please. But also, did you see that the picture of him and his kids is like him and the one actress they cast is his daughter and then three photo amalgams yeah. of those two people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a little photoshopping going on. It's, it's what, a happens, thing. what happens if you cross Bill Macy with the lady who's played a judge in every movie ever? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's actually the other thing. In you it. get Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> ah! They don't, I, I'll, I'll say they don't, they don't make a thing of, of uh, you know, the, the interracial couple or anything, but because you know this character, you're like, wow, there must be fucking something crazy beneath the surface of this guy to to have landed her as a wife. <laughs> yeah. If he talked her into being his housewife, yeah. mm-hmm. he's got something going on that we're not seeing. It's a thing Next I, up, downstairs. Angela Bassett. <laughs> it's a thing I, I deal with in, uh, in scripts that I've written and scripts that I read. It's like sometimes the script will say a character is black. 
when there is no reason for to that. To which ca- you say, oh, hell no? Yeah, oh, hell no. So to, for some, because there's no reason for that character to be black. Their, ra- their, their race doesn't actually have anything to do, unless it's going to be like, <laughs> unless the character's going to say, oh, hell no, uh, <laughs> or anything like that. And I've, I've done that before. I've known white guys that say that shit. I've done that in scripts I've written where it's like, you know, I, in, the char- in, my, in my mind, the character's black, but I don't ever say it because it doesn't actually matter. Um, but, the, but the opposite is true. We don't know from this, you know, we haven't seen the script of this one, but it's like, does the script say he he is? Maybe editor, maybe you or is to, it just that they go? Well, the best actress that came in was black, and you, what the you got to be careful about that. Though. You probably should keep putting black on the character if he's in your head as black and you're writing with that in mind, because you never know. They might cast Rain Wilson or something, and then, and and then you, but something has wrong. gone horribly. They might wrong. cast a woman, and if it doesn't yeah. matter, it doesn't matter. Hey, that sucked, but an alien. At this, at the same time, the 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 you know knowing a number of actors, it's like. And, and ethnic actors, it's like you should put that in there because otherwise the casting director will just assume they're all white yeah. and just go for that. So you gotta you gotta say black so that the black guys get a chance at it. Right. Well, also, I, you need to protect yourself from casting Rain Wilson. Yeah, true. <laughs> you need to avoid that. One of my one of my favorite casting notices we ever did was the one for Ark where we we're casting for the third role, and it's like okay, any any gender, any race. Any anything goes. Any age. The only thing is, you you have to speak a non Latin based language. <laughs> Talk about a wide open casting call. And boy, did we get a wide open casting call. Dude, fucking Nian Num came in. Yeah, it was amazing. We didn't. Yeah, we should have specified human, but otherwise, you know, it was really a fun <laughs> casting call. We brought this up, but that that's a puppet with a vagina face. What up, Jim Henson? <laughs> Moving back to Mister. You, you don't mean what we're looking at was here, it Jim right? No, <laughs> wasn't it? Was I uh, know? Whatever. The creature shop. Phil Tippett. Tippett. Oh, shit. The creature shop of the movie. Not the creature so shop. Rick he, Lazzarini. He has installed his disco ball specifically so the disco gang can enjoy themselves. No, he, he has, he's been in prison for 20 years. This is, you know, the height this of his, style when, he, yeah, when yeah. he went to prison. When he went to the <laughs> mental institution. Yeah, fucking Eddie Izzard. What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> and now you know how you're in sync or not if you're watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you just John Travolted on the what's and ups, then you're in sync. Yeah. So, yeah, see, he's got phonograph records. That's how long he's been away. By the way, at which point does a pompadour stop being impressive and start being scary? Uh, Never. There's a movie <laughs> called, no, there's a movie called Johnny Swade that crosses the line. There's a clown named Bellow with a nine-inch pompadour. Brad Pitt's first movie ever, Johnny Swade. Check out that pompadour. Bit much. Bit much. Dude, you could do a pompadour mullet and have the fucking bead on awesome. <laughs> <laughs> then you're awesome in the those. front, party I've in the back. Them. How does a pompadour mullet work? Uh, I don't know, but Bijou Phillips seems to make it work. It's a pompliment. Okay. This is an amazing set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite something. I don't no, know if this, I like it, but it's is, amazing. This is just Ben Starr's bathroom. Yeah, true. It's all like, like we were talking about with, with the extent of the world. It's like you look at it, and I think just watching it, you almost don't appreciate it. It falls into the background because you're so used to seeing stuff like that. But it's like, no, that wouldn't have – like nowadays it'd be like three feet back and then blue screen. But no, they had to build all that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into the distance, maybe they did some forced perspective. I don't know, but but that was all a bill. They didn't blue screen any of that crap in. If there if there are any blue or green screen shots in this, we will notice them. <laughs> Almost yeah, well, certainly, this is ninety nine. I it's, know it's not I'm King saying. Kong. There are there are blue screen shots and digital shots. But this is the year the Matrix came out, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, we noticed those too for the most yeah. part. That's a good point, I guess. Why was this movie poorly received? I don't. I, I think people just were like, "What?" Like, it's this ha- was a little bit before. This was kind of clipping on the on the quick of the superhero thing. Yeah, it was a little yeah. too. And it's a little. You know, you look at this movie and it's hard. I can see this being a hard movie to sell. Yeah. This, this is hard to sit down and go. All right, so there are these guys, uh, and it's a world. Smash mouth. Your argument is invalid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now you're a rock star. 
Well, you know, this movie would have done a lot better if it had come out after, like, uh, a good six dozen comic book movies. So you yeah. would have established the universe you're going to trope into. Pitch yeah. me on this movie. I, it's it's hard to. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that's, hard to that, sum that's up. my point. It's hard to sum it up. It's like this is about the, uh, you know, the the losers in a su- superhero world. I liked what he said. It's like it's like if if superheroes were celebrities, this is about the the D-listers who are desperate for attention. You know, and and but they but they get their shot at it. I guess it's not that hard to pitch, but uh, it, it would. It's I, I imagine it would be hard to kind of cut a trailer. That you can look at and go, oh, I get what that is. You know, it's more a movie. You cut a trailer and you go, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Ben Stiller's like running around screaming and dreaming Garofalo through a bowling ball skull thing. And what? Um, well, it's would, it's the kind of movie you got to watch to appreciate. I would say the trailer for this was probably look at all these famous people. Oh, and yeah. that was as That's far as it the went. Other nice. In Greg the chat Kinnear. room, uh, Frank says, The League of Ordinary Everyman. Yeah. <laughs> the League of Ordinary Gentlemen, yeah. That's good. That's true. That's, By the way, I, I, I had those rings. I, I affected those rings for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, Is that right? Are and, they, are they get, in high school? It's okay. We had, we had Jake Lloyd on where we did The Crow, and he was like, Dude, I did that every day. I'm like, Oh, no, not you two. <laughs> they seem like they'd be inconvenient. They are, and you can't really bend your knuckles. It's, yeah. just, it's a lie. The last the last time I saw rings like that was a couple weeks ago when we did uh, uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. <laughs> all the necromancers, all the necromongers were wearing those rings, too. <laughs> That's sort of... Wow, I wasn't about to make it. Just a, an awful joke that wouldn't have worked, and it was really mean. Go on. It's, <laughs> it's the kind of shit that John Doe would have put on Leland Orser to have her finger fuck her. Oh! He finger fucked her. He finger fucked her. Oh, like, you, you could have phrased uh, it better, but well, yeah, I see uh, where you're going with that. I got to point out here that, that yeah, the, do some revisions and get back to us. Yeah. The, the character that is that is uh, based on marketing is a great way to include product placement in your film and make a point about it. Yeah, yeah. like they just got. Don't tell Morgan at, Spurlock he does at, not need encouragement. <laughs> look at all the money they're making every time we look at that character. <laughs> But do you but do you think they would? Do you think it would go back to like, oh, but it's the villain, so that's not cool. Yeah. Well, he's not the villain. He's the anti well, anti hero. Yeah, he's the. He's um, just he's the good guy that we don't care about. He's not good though. I mean, he's well, he's, uh, he's an anti hero. We'll give him an, we'll give him anti hero. I guess I like him. Even and that's what. That, by the way, props to Greg Kinnear, Mister Talk Soup, because he's playing this character that is a douchebag, Colonelly, and then he's a douchebag to our our heroes, and I still like him. Yeah. I still watch him, and he's like, um, okay, wait. What's the plural of nemesis? Nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> nemesis, yeah. Just, I, he's, he, he, he goes big on it, and I think he lands. I like it. I, I, I buy it. it it's, it's, he's kind of doing his thing that he does, and he's done quite often. Um, Greg uh, Kinnear has a thing? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, he's, he's, always, he's almost always that guy. Um, he's, uh, you know, except, except the one time when he did— He's charming uh, and articulate? When he, yeah, when he did As Good As It Gets, uh, you know, he, he played a different kind of character and got nominated for an Oscar. God, but, this uh, lady has it—speaking of playing the same character, this lady yeah. has it made. Yeah. She, she just gets to be that character and just scream into a camera at her chin with, like, the yeah. hair the, the coming ba- right at us. <laughs> yeah, the babushka goateed lady? Yeah, 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 with, like, the mole with the, like, three-foot-long hair coming right at us. Yeah. Here's a question uh, for just you. Just be glad it's not Always a 3D her. movie, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how but many, good how for many her. movies she has she been in? I don't know, but I think she one. Lo- she looks like the woman who was in the Goonies, but that's not the same woman. Oh. She's, a, she's not the throw mama from the train actor. Didn't she play John McClane in Die Hard? Yeah, yeah I believe she did. Oh, yes. God, stop right. opening your mouth. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to look it up because I might be full of shit. But I've seen that character a lot. Yeah. 
We have a thread on, on the forums about characters you don't see anymore. That one. That one. That's yeah. the one you the, don't the see. The horrifying old lady. Yeah. That's because America has gotten more and more obsessed with everyone in our movies being attractive, even right. the unattractive people. Or, or so now the horrifying well, old lady. Well, she shows up. Or in, actually, uh, I, would, I would say that's always. That's, what has Hollywood not been that? It's just that you're not allowed to mock anybody. You can't make fat jokes anymore. You can't make, you know, oh, she's really ugly. Let's do a joke about how ugly she is. Um, you it's know. like and, and yeah, everyone's like, we can't do that, and all the ugly people are like, hey, wait, where'd yeah, our roles go? I used go? to work. I used yeah. to be able to work more. I had Family this... Guy cut to Clint Howard sitting at home, sad. Yeah, I would totally. I would. T- I want to know where this thing is. Where is the Herkimer Battle Jitney now? Tell me, someone has this because I love this thing. Trey, the mythology of you has become very interesting because now we have this whole thing where you were raised by wolves and you want to be living in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> not a t- Outside wanna, of a sci-fi I dystopia, live in it. I want to have it to drive around it. Oh, okay. The Herkimer Battle Jet. In any case, I was going to say it's I, the best. I, it's the best non-lethal combat machine ever devised. I, I interrupted you talking about Greg Kinnear. Well, uh, well oh, the, uh, the, the, the we were talking about that show. character that doesn't show up very often. She was in that character, not her, but that character was in Drag Me to Hell and like Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is now. It's horror and, and terror movies. Yeah, not comedy. You can't you can't laugh at them. You can be scared of them. That's you because they're people them. too, man. That's right. Ugly people need love. Unless they curse you to hell, in which case, fuck yeah, them. in which case, yeah, then you can kill them. She's a person. Barack Obama will deliver her her government sponsored sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> for oh, such just an awesome. Can we stop for a second and talk about how awesome the the name Casanova Frankenstein is? It is. is. It's it's a it's my handle on uh, an online uh, <laughs> chat room group. Nice. <laughs> I was. I needed one, and I wanted one that would be like distinctive. And I think Casanova Frankenstein. Just one of a, sort of again the the best villain name. Like I'm just gonna take two. Is this the sort of online names. community where if your avatar or if your if your username was fucked your mom wouldn't have been distinctive enough? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the internet right there. Yeah. <laughs> fucked your mom too. Oh shit. I needed something that was already dated. It wasn't too topical, so it would be like, oh, my God, you're totally still referencing that. You know, so let me just, and it's certainly long enough to type in when I have to log in. Yeah. I, I ain't going to get in that chat room on uh, an accident, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, the joke is that I, when, I, when, the I, when I signed up for it, I misspelled it, so I actually have to remember where the misspelling is. To, Did you put the I, I and the E back Sometimes r- I don't wrong get it. No, and, I, I I, I transposed the letter and made it an R when it shouldn't have been, so it's not quite Casanova Frankenstein. It's uh, or Frankenstein, as we like to say. It's all the way back to Alan Tuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, this with is our, happening pretty quick. This is happening faster than I yeah, remember. It moves quick. It moves along really well. It's. I was just bear in mind they have to get there, fail, go back home, be dejected, and then get the Sphinx to come in and teach them other stuff. Right, but but as far as you know, the the captain uh, Captain Amazing's already been kidnapped. Where he's n- he's never getting out of that chair. He's we're only going to see him one more time, and uh, sort of like as good as it gets. Yeah. Once he's in the chair, he's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was a reversal that I did not see coming when I first saw this movie. <laughs> When they go to rescue Captain Amazing, and, and, just, not, and, and like fucking and, kill and him. they kill him, and they destroy, they kill him. Uh, I think also though this this uh, concept has now been done a couple more times. Like we've seen sort of people approaching the idea of kick like, ass, yeah, yeah, super, yeah, kick ass. You know, ten years later, got the recognition, if not the box office, huge box office that uh, this movie was was going for and didn't get. That is a great gun. That I is, want that wow. gun. Where do you get those? Now, I love Eddie Izzard as much as the next man and or person. Yeah. But, sorry, bud, just stay British. It's not working. I love you. It's not working. Stay British. Mm-hmm. Because he's, it's so weird to hear Eddie Izzard fake an American accent because 
you don't realize it when you're listening to him, but he's not just British. He also has a very weird voice. And it, the voice comes right across through the accent, but the accent doesn't quite work. And it's just, it doesn't take anything away from the performance or from the character or from anything. It's just, it's not working, buddy. So now I have seen The Riches, and I, I don't recall if he's, if, he's, if he's gotten better at an American accent since then or not. Hmm. I only watched it. It's like, you know, how many episodes of The Riches does it take to screw in a light bulb? I mm-hmm. didn't finish it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I still love him. Comparing this to, to Kick-Ass, I just looked up the budget on Box Office. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what did this cost? This was $68 million. Yeah. And in 1999. Oh, fuck. In 1999. That's American yeah. dollars in, yeah. in 1999. Yeah, and Kick-Ass was $30 million a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, so the same thing. <laughs> in American dollars, yes. <laughs> Again, this, um, yeah. But as we've said about other movies recently, it's like they spent too much money on this. Yeah. It shouldn't have cost that much yeah. money. If this had cost... If this has cost as much as Kick-Ass, it would have at least, you know, yeah, it would have been considered done the a good business that Kick-Ass hit. did. A yeah. hit. A it, success. It would, have, it would have made its money back in the foreign market, but only just barely. Because yeah. I think it made $26 million in theaters and then another 3.9 overseas or something to that yeah. effect. So it would have actually made its money back, which would still not have been a success by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But it certainly wouldn't have been. I mean, and again, the, the neons in the back of this shot are are all unnecessary costs. And cus- yeah. yeah, custom made and cus- yeah, for no reason. Yeah, in in and hey. where are they now? PS. Yeah. Again, I still want my, I love all these artifacts. Probably these sports movies. bars. Yeah. 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 Hey, is you it, guys enjoy enjoying your yeah. lake beer? Mm-hmm. No, in, uh, what is that? They're in Kinka Usher's living room to this day. <laughs> this movie has a, I'm going to get nerdy here. This I love the the photography and the color of this movie because it's 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 saturate. It is not it doesn't have a cast to it like most movies that have a lot of dark and colors tend to have a cast to them, like Fight Club or Seven have a, a very gold and green thing going on. Uh, and this is just a colorful movie, but it's dark, and I love the way it looks. And for some reason, my brain associates that look with the 90s. Uh, it might just be because now, A, everything has a cast. It was before color grading, It was, before, it was yeah, basically. Yeah, but the darkness and the color at the same time is a—I always like that look. They have Chinese coins there we just saw. Using the Chinese like hollow center. This, coin. this really is cool. doing like a blade run. There's like a whole yeah. fucking yeah. other world in this universe, yeah. which, yeah. Is which is all unnecessary. It could yeah. been it could been done in the this could have been universe. Phoenix. Yeah, it 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 is, it is cool, and it I, I think it's one of the well, obviously it didn't work, but I was gonna say it's one of the things that that um, helps me get into it because I look at this and I'm like, all right. It's this game is playing by its own rules here. I'm not. I, I, I know nothing about this world. Everything is just jumbled up and and thrown up in the air, and it landed where it did. And I'm just gonna accept whatever the movie tells me, as opposed to you know, oh this is this is our world, but this that and the other are different, and that's it. And then watching and going, well, then that kind of doesn't make sense when this happens, and yada yada yada. This so. movie is taking place in the Firefly universe on Ariel. Okay. Off to the side. It's Fair got the enough. whole yeah, conglomeration of the of the of the Chinese and the American superculture with some other accents and 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 uh, cultures thrown in in the sci-fi world, but we're not even giving a shit at all about that in this movie. So we're saying that uh, Joss Whedon saw Mystery Man and then totally ripped it off a year later and made a TV show out of it. After Surrogates did, yeah. Okay, sure. Here's Kel Mitchell. Kel Mitchell just did an asylum film. Did he? Yeah, he's oh, in good. Uh, Mega, Mega, whatever the Mega Shark ones. This is the sequel. I don't want to seem insensitive because I'm sure this guy has feelings and like a debt history, oh, and dear. probably animals love him. But does he still love orange soda? Yeah. <laughs> does he? Does he? Does he? Does he? <laughs> 
I know. I, that, that was I'm the so thing. proud of Keenan Thompson for ending up on SNL. That was, that was the thing about this. It was like, Kel was in this, and it's like, oh, man, he's, he's going to be the one to take off and leave. And then he disappeared, and then Keenan no, went to He went to uh, BET, and he had like a breakdancing show for a long time. Oh, did he? Yeah. He was one of those people that the internet rumored was like, oh, yeah, he totally died choking on, like, a stripper's dildo or whatever. Like, one of those weird rumors. Oh, it was actually, a Rod Stewart thing. Actually, no, yeah. I take it back. Kel Mitchell was in Battle of Los Angeles. Not, ah. not Battle of Los Angeles, but the Asylum version, Battle of Los Angeles. Um, I remember when all the black guys would, would dye their hair white. That was cool. Let me see that thought. <laughs> oh, my God. Every so often that song comes up on my iPod, and I'm like... I'm I'm okay now. Like for a while it was played out, but I'm like it's been so it's, long. It's, good, it's, it's retro now. And I, it's a I good am, song. I am so bizarrely apologetic to pop music because I have I'm such a I have a thing said, for melody. I've said and, pop, music. And pop, pop, pop music. Pop pop music. Pop music. Pop music. Pop pop. pop. Everybody's talking about over here. Pop we call music. it over here. We call it soda. No um, <laughs> soda music. Soda anyway, music. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fag for melody, and pop music tends to have very catchy ones. I agree. I agree. I really it's kind of the, kind of the idea of it. Yeah, I, I like pop music. Although I have we're talking about getting older. I did. At, I think at some point in the mid. You know, around 2005, I was I like I pulled the cord and I got off the bus. I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm just going to stop here and enjoy what that was and watch it fade into the oldies stations. That's what I'm going to do now. Because <laughs> I can't keep. I don't know what. I, I barely know what Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber are. Right? Yeah. I know that they're they are a thing. If I didn't have Twitter, I wouldn't know that. Yeah, exactly. Twitter and and Seth Seth Meyers on SNL. Otherwise, I, I would have no idea. I think the Invisible Boy plotline is the one part of this movie I really dislike. It's the really? it's the one that bec- that almost bec- it's weird because it's because like we talked about before it's like there's a fucking flying zombie bowling ball or whatever <laughs> and yet the Invisible Boy thing when it when the triumph finally comes I'm like I'm not sure I buy that I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure I buy That's that funny. that happens. Well, I do just, just you know, apples and oranges. I, I it's one of my things I really like about it because it, it goes to what I talked I said earlier about how. The superheroes we we think about are the ones who ended up having superpowers that actually had a value to them, right. and the fact that you know the, even even the other superheroes in this you know B team don't even buy that he has superpowers. Like, wait, you're invisible when no one is looking at you. Yeah. How is that even possibly useful? You know, and then it's including, like including including myself. It's yeah. like so. How do you even know that that's so they, a thing? So that they you find, but they do. They just they they just they find the one way where it's like, by God, there is a value in there. Right. There's something useful that he can do that makes that happen. Um, you know, at the very end, and then of course the spleen. There's Pierce, the spleen. there's Paul, and uh, talk, I know. I I knew that uh, this this movie came out right around high school. Totally knew that kid in high school. That everyone's like, "Oh no, we oh were God, just totally leaving." Sorry, we gotta go. Well, that's that, see. The movie is now telling us that I wasn't. I was that kid in certain groups, and yeah. I knew that kid in other groups. The movie is so. now telling us that there's a level below these guys. That right. There's the, there's the spleen and the invisible boy, and they hang out and they want to be as cool as the mystery men. So Captain say. Amazing is Rift Tracks. We are the mystery men. And then Mr. Spleen is Sofa Dogs. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a total joke, Pavlich. I was kidding. Um, oh, snap. He has more episodes than us. He has seniority. Yeah. I'm, I'm, call, I'm just I, throwing I, shit around. I think if you go is, on... John Pavlich is the Sofa Dogs guy. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm, so our, our, all I of think our, if you go on Zarben, he's all, above us in top commentators. We were, all of our listeners are actually other people who also other, do commentary. Yeah, yeah. Other podcast people. Okay. Including comment- but not limited to Zarban. It's getting a little recursive now. It's commentators all the way down, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> in the chat room, they're all like, whoa, whoa, lol, burn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, snap. So, yeah. East side, snap west burn. side. So the spleen is certainly a character that you can kind of, you know, the movie could have easily 
fallen apart, you know, and it's 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 right on the line of oh, <laughs> yeah. God, you know, really seriously, you're going there. You're He's got the this. fart powers, okay. Yeah. But uh, and yet and yet it, it it manages to for me to to get away with it and make it work. Paul right. Rubens has um, apparently more than one character in him, <laughs> but he doesn't have more than one level of intensity in him. When yeah. he's when he does a character, he's going for the fences with that character. Right. Like in Blow, he's this really femme hairdresser coke dealer. In Pee Wee's Herm- Pee Wee Herman Pee-wee. mythology, Pee Wee's yeah. Herman in Pee Wee's Playhouse, Pee Wee's big movie, Pee Wee's Herman's head. He Wait. is, um, I think that's just him when he goes home. And then in this, he's the spleen. Now, this one and the other two, they don't overlap in any way. Save for one moment in Mystery Men where he yells as the spleen and you get a little, ah! in it and you go, oh, oh there oh, it is. Oh, I, a little shimmer of light right there. I uh-huh. see the peewee in you, sir. He gets, he gets the best line in, uh, and that's saying a lot in a Joss Whedon script in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, which is, kill him a lot. <laughs> Which is one of, my, one of the only memorable lines from that movie. He took my arm. Yeah. Kill him a lot. Yeah. It's a great. So here we go. Here we have where everybody that all the filmmakers knew came in to do a cameo of one kind yeah. or another. Which is great. And there's, yes, it's Dane Cook, ladies and gentlemen. Brace yourselves. It's Dane Cook before he was Dane Cook. God, he's Dane Cooking so hard. And he's the waffler. Now I do I I I like to think that uh, God he's ding cooking so hard. Yeah, I like to think that these people well, came back in. Then we didn't know that planning yeah. their own. You know, like okay, come in and be a superhero, like a bunch of comedians. Yeah, this come like, come pitch us your superhero come for the us, camera. Pitch us your superhero. You know, and just the funny ones got got into the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna that's, that's there, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Jones, Abe Sapien. Wow. Now, by the way, I didn't see his name in the cast. It's just that recently in, in the Diff Forum, we had a, a thing called Cool Vids, and there was an interview with Doug Jones out of makeup, and I recognized him the next day watching Mystery Man. Wow. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Doug Jones, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, Teller and everything uh, earlier. Doug Jones, also very cool. Yeah. Very cool and approachable, and, like, uh, he really appreciates that you recognize him, I think. Cause and, I, and I saw him person, com- he's really fat. <laughs> It's huge. I saw him at Comic Con, and I was like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan of all the stuff you do." And he was like, so blown away that of being recognized. Like he's like, "Oh, give me a hug!" Like he was oh, just cool. so like totally. I'll bet you Andy Serkis <laughs> was like that for a little while, but yeah. I'll, I'll bet you he gets it now. Chloe has a massive crush on Andy Serkis. I don't know how the fuck Serkis pulled that off, but I think he'd be pleased to know. Uh huh. Because <laughs> yeah. he spent his life being a weird looking dude off screen. <laughs> And this, this is one of the better jokes is two, two girls dressed like Wonder Woman who get into cat fights. There might be something to that because yeah. there is a superpower there. Uh-huh. <laughs> By the way, his uh, his name is sort of in the mix. You can't hear what he says, but you can make out that he's saying Radio Man, mm-hmm. which is a ref- – yeah. And that was uh, um, Dana, Dana Gould for two seconds there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and PMS Avenger I think is my favorite PMS Avenger who can only work three days a month. Played by Emma Stone. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then here she comes, my girlfriend in my mind of ten years ago, but not today. The um, <laughs> the thing about we broke up. The thing about yeah, her, we, we totally mentally broke up. Is I uh, the skull? I'm with it on a story level and everything. I just don't think the prop looks very good. I don't. Th- it doesn't look like a real skull. And part of that is that the ball distorts it and it makes it look fat in the back. Whenever <laughs> whenever the front is facing you, the other side looks like it's getting bent wide. But the actual prop itself looks a little shitty. It looks a little Moonlight Theater Hamlet. I don't know it's it's also a, a friend of mine worked at a bowling company when this movie came out and so that it's actually very hard to cast something like that in a bowling ball. Yeah, it is. They did make a uh, limited novelty bowling ball. Easier to cast in a this. sitcom or at least a commercial. It's the teeth. The teeth are not. Uh, There's also the yeah. eyes. When you see the eyes on light, you can see that it's just painted dark. Yeah, that's weird. 
Maybe. Just the fact that you can throw a bowling ball and it stays above the ground for a minute alone. Well, yeah. again, enough again, that's a power. Have you seen a comic book superhero of any kind? There's a guy who shoots webs out of his wrists in one of those goddamn yeah. things. Well, yeah, and it flips around and stuff like that. It, it is very much like he was saying. It's like she is essentially the Dr. Manhattan here. She yeah. is the one who actually She's has the, a power. She has a yeah. real power. She actually has. It's really more her dad's yeah. spirit or whatever is making it happen. Yeah, but, but, uh, but all of them are like, oh, my God, you have a power. Yeah, we need the you real on deal. our team. You will join our cadre. <laughs> I never finished my thing about the Invisible Boy, though, is that yeah. his and the inevitability that his power would actually work and in kind of the way it worked was so obvious to me when I first watched this that I just got so over it on the way there. Just that when it finally happened, I got so sort of upset about well, it. I didn't realize. Because I didn't see it coming. I, I'm myself. sure I should have guessed this was a thing, but you and, and Ed Doty and, and Jake Lloyd are, are, are comic book guys for the purposes of just blind profiling. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't you, realize you step out of line and just go over there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was like indie hipsters for comic books where you're like, oh, I see what his power is going to do. Fag. Yeah, well, there's, we there's underground like comics and everything where I, just, like, I oh, never yeah, figured. I, totally, I, totally, I never figured there'd be like, oh, I know what you're. I mean, mystery men would be one of them. Where you know the yeah. the comics would be like, oh yeah, I read this. Yeah, it's totally I read the comic it was based on. You yeah, probably but never see, heard of it. It used to be they totally ditched the main characters, flaming carrot. I mean, it's a travesty, really. I mean, if you are you not aware of the death duels that go on between DC and Marvel fans. I mean, it's it's a battle to the it death depends on It depends on how you define hipster, because really, really, you know, Picard versus Kirk, that's fucking some hipster shit sometimes, yeah, too, true, depending true. on yeah. how you... Now, yeah. speaking of, speaking of comics, Joel. what is the... Uh, tell me about the source material. I mean, it's just... It's a. It's basically the... the was it a flaming carrot series, or was he just in it? I believe it was. I believe it was I believe it was part of the Flaming Carrot universe, and it was a, like a sort of pseudo-team amongst that. But I will get you more information in just a second. Pulls out notes. Yes. I remember the most underground comics I ever read were kind of in the R-Crumb zone. There was one called Reed Fleming, World's Toughest Milkman, um, nice. which was an actual comic. R-Crumb is cool. Yeah. and I, I don't know if R-Crumb did that one, but it was very much in his style and sort of was a You'd see it next to the Arkham comics, same kind of thing. My history with comics was I read Watchmen after the movie because I liked the movie, and I read Joan and Vasquez to get laid. Yeah. I, I, you, you can get laid by reading? I've read it like it's gone out of style and never got laid. It's not, it's not the, it's, it's the symptom, sir, not the disease. It's the symptom of having read Joan and Vasquez that will get you laid. Yeah. With the okay. right checks. I read... Uh, you can be rolling in waves of Hot Topic Pussy, son. Mm-hmm. Hey. And they all have a little leather satchel with Jack Skellington's face on it. Nice. And they don't know what it means. They have no idea... I, I read a, uh, a couple of pages of a Spider-Man comic off of a rack in a drugstore in 1967, and a very scary clerk very sternly told me to put it back unless I was going to pay for it. And, and that uh, damaged you for your whole and life. I've never, never picked up one since. So, uh, you know. But I'll bet you that clerk, if they saw you today, would be proud. Yeah. That you learned your lesson Knowing and that, never read a comic. Yeah, never in my life. In the chat room, Malty was like, "Hmm, thanks for that, T. Good tip." Yeah, it was. It was just basically just a, like a flaming carrot miniseries, if you will. And a lot of these characters are, you know, bastardizations of characters that were there. But there's all some basis in there. But I'm assuming that they made a lot of it funnier for the purposes of, you know, like they made a lot of the characters for the purposes of finding jokes. And uh, I never read the original series, uh, but it. Uh, I'm a, I know that they they like I know they promoted Casanova Frankenstein from a one shot villain the flaming carrot fought unrelatedly into the villain in this book. It wasn't part of the original Mystery Men plot. Did you ever read those books? Sax Saxifer. Did I ever did I ever read the Mystery Men books? Yeah, apparently no, not. Like I just said. Right on. He totally looked it up on Wikipedia. 
I, uh, I unfortunately was not a Flaming Carrot fan at the time. I have become some since later, but I haven't read it all all the way back. Now here's that here's Get that same under, here's that same underground thing. This is where uh, the Terminator chased uh, chased Sarah Connor in the police car. Yep. Uh, I don't know where this is, but it gets a lot of play in movies. The uh, in the chat room, just to put a cap on this, Pavlich is talking about how he bought a Gur doll at Hot Topic once. Hi, baby. And then the uh, chick at Hot Topic was totally down with Pavlich. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to Johnny Vasquez. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, I love this car so much. Yeah, it's a Jaguar. It's Jaguar. Uh, ja- Jaguar um, limo. It's fantastic. Not the limo. The the, the oh the, the blue car station wagon. It's a vet, isn't it? Yeah, that's a vet. Oh, a vet. Pardon me. It's a, uh, it's but the, this car is so dopey. It's like in the Goofy movie it's, where he's driving the Jaguar a Jaguar hers from uh, Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's a vet. It's a vet limo. Beautiful. By the way, unrelated asterisk. I've been watching Top Gear in England. Apparently, it's Jaguar. Yes. Jaguar. Jaguar. Which is way cooler. And schedule. Yeah. I like I like uh I actually like Zed better than Z. I, I like yeah. Zed. And I'm 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 on the fence about H. Yeah. No. H I'm is a little Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. No, that one's gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Who won the bloody war anyway? <laughs> we had we fought a war not have to say H. Yeah. Or H. The King's Spage. King Spage. Now this this scene is this scene is great because I think H is a H crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to live in H Asbury. The this this scene cracks me up because of course this kind of shows in in the normal fashion what their powers do and don't do, which is not much. <laughs> they literally just kind of mildly vandalized the car. That's their <laughs> that's their all out assault as they managed to kind of be in, they be, they're annoying. That's that's <laughs> about the most they can do. And of course Casanova you know completely ignores them like oh my god these people. And yet they treat it as a victory for them. It's a it's a great victory. For it them. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They fought and were not destroyed did, by did him. Did not get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's they... like your friend who finishes a level of the game and he's he's like stoked that he finished. The le- mm. It's like you know, there's a whole thing where you can win the game too, right? <laughs> yeah. I finished the level. I did not die. <laughs> I'm gonna take a couple months off. Fucking, I rule. <laughs> that that really that fork thing is impressive though. Yeah, I see. Say. <laughs> it's like I can't Fun do fact, that. Not CG. Just Hank Azaria, man. Yeah. He actually can do that. That's he how he got the power. job. I don't know how we live in a universe where Jeff Goldblum can make it happen for him and Hank Azaria can't. Because I think every Hank role Hank every Azaria's role Jeff Goldblum had, Hank Azaria could have done maybe better. Hank Azaria has ten times the money in the bank that Jeff Goldblum Well, does. yeah, he's all Simpsons-y at this point. Yeah. But he's doing fine. If you don't know he was Hank married Azaria. to Helen Hunt and then wasn't. I mean, for heaven's sake, if you can marry Helen Hunt and then be okay not being married to Helen Hunt, uh, I think he's doing all right. Hank Azaria is so... Fucking cool. He's he's a great he's hysterically funny and he's a great actor. Like like I said, if you watch, I I wasn't he's quite good yeah, he's as really huge good. a fan of uh, the film Shattered Glass as a lot of people were because they were like Hayden Christensen can totally act. You see it? No, he didn't, can't. But um, <laughs> well, you can't tell from that movie one way or the other. Right, right. But there was no blue screen, so there's no George to blame it on. Right, but <laughs> but Hank Azaria is in that, and he's just a side. I love the just <laughs> yeah, 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 just they're just being annoying. <laughs> that's their that's their frontal assault. And then and then he finally is like, all right, I'm gonna I'm pull out my gun. That's it. Um. But uh, he plays. He's cake or death. Yeah, <laughs> he plays. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Glass. Um, Glass something. Because he plays the the editor. He, he plays the editor, and he's just the put upon editor. And he, I, you almost keep waiting for him to be funny, but he never he never does. He's yeah. he's p- playing a straight role. Behind his area. Yeah, and and it's he's so good in it. Wait, I've been in this restaurant. This is the Hop Louis that is the Hop Louis now. 
Hop Louie's in Chinatown here. In yeah, it, Hop Louie is referenced in. Uh, I love How did you, you not I love forget it? <laughs> what's, what's that? How did you not forget it? Yeah. Mm, good point. They, they, it's also in I Love You, Man. They reference it by name in I Love You, Man, that they're at Hop Louie's. Yeah, it's a it's a shading on the skull that that makes it look like a prop. Well, and I that think. it is not yeah. a skull. I mean, I actually think they could have yeah. found. Yeah, it's not oh, a. They real could have gotten a goddamn it's skull. A sculpture of a skull. It's like a or a cast of a skull. Of a skull. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of skull available. You know, now, uh, Trey, how are you feeling about the uh, the makeup effects on Mr. Rubens? You it's, buy the pimples? They're disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> wonderfully disgusting. Yeah, she goes not in a million years. <laughs> There's not enough beer in the world, sir. Yeah, it is like you know. And she doesn't even have to look to know that it's him because, of course, she smells him coming. So, yeah, she's um, the fact that she's arguing with her dad's skull mm-hmm. and, the, and her final her final punchline, of course, is after the, she finally manages to kill the guy who killed her dad. She goes, OK, deal's a deal. I'm going back to grad school. Just crack me up. Just <laughs> totally crack me up. But, uh, yeah, the anything, the whole, you know, everything about this movie, you know, sixty eight million dollars, you'd hope so, is uh, is is well executed. And it's I'm, an amazing cast. I mean, you could do you could have done almost any movie with this cast. I mean, you oh, could yeah. have gone, done an Oscar bait movie with this cast. You know. That would have been crazy. I'll bet you Kel doesn't have the chops. <laughs> no, that, that, there's probably five other black actors in Hollywood that that would have been instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, totally. that would have been Sam Jackson, but otherwise. <laughs> I'm, I'm still off on Hank Azaria, and I wanted yeah. to ask you guys about this because it's, it's something that's really, really true to me. It's been in my life my entire life, but I don't, I've never shared it. Do you ever have things where it's like you know of a weird personality from some other thing or from TV or from music or something, and you want to make a movie just to cast them in it, just to see them do their thing? <laughs> sure. sure. Or just, just, to like, just like to meet them. I want to make a movie – like Hank Azaria doesn't really fall into that category because he is an actor, but I want to make a movie for Hank Azaria. I also want to cast Weird Al in something that's not funny, and I want to see uh, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs play a superhero. Ah. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. I could see Mike Rowe being able to deliver lines. And additionally, and not everyone knows this, Mike Rowe is also a fucking opera opera, singer. He's he's an opera trained, yeah. Opera singer, which is just unfair. Now, the one great actor that we haven't seen yet, but here he comes, Wes Studi, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, this is one of the movies that really went over the top for me. Like, holy shit, Wes Studi is in this as well? Is he the Sphinx? He's the Sphinx. I'm not a huge fan of the Sphinx. It's a character thing, not a him thing. Not a huge fan of the Sphinx. Well, his, you know, I, 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 th- I get the joke that all of his, well, Sphin- all of his advice are these like palindrome platitudes. The, well, the Sphinx is so perfect for them because he is no. They idolize him, and he's not. There's nothing there to idolize, really. He really doesn't actually. Except in the end, he kind of does get the job done. You know, he, he's like them. They idolize. He's a second stringer, but they idolize him. Yeah, he's he's the second stringer, but a, but a little bit better. He has some. He he also has some chops, but useful chops. Yeah, for once, you know, with the telekinesis or whatever he just did. And I mean, for heaven's sake, you know, the Magua, mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Magua. It's the guy from Heat, for Christ's sake. And here he is in Mystery Men. Magua, not Magua, Magua, Magua. Magua understand the English very well. Yeah, his uh, his malapropistic advice is. Malapropisms in yeah. this fucking podcast yeah. now. Yeah. Malapropisms. Uh, but what, look it up, folks. This yeah. is the one scene in which I love and hate Ben Stiller simultaneously because I love <laughs> that he points it out. Because I'm the kind of guy that even if it was the best advice ever would point it out, be like, "Wait a second! All your advice is take first sentence, reverse, repeat in second sentence." But it's also him being a huge douche to someone who's really helping them. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's like he's that guy, but he's correct. He's yeah. right. Like I just gotta be going. Shh, shh. I need yeah. this guy. But well, that's that's what that's the, uh, you know, coming back to, 
in unlike other movies that we've uh, seen lately that people have uh, been sad that we didn't care for don't talk to Trey about Zombieland as nutty or Scott Pilgrim but there's there actually are subplots and plots and character things that intertwine in this movie that are progressing and you know that you can say oh, I didn't like it I didn't care for it but it's a better crafted movie than some of those other movies that are just eye candy because this is what you're referencing is one thing is this is the beginning of the group is the group is getting, you know, is going to advance because of this tutelage with the Sphinx and everything. But it's also going to start to fracture at the same time. And uh, there's going to be a whole character, you know, schism that's going to fall. These guys are going to fall out and have to regroup at the end. You know, and all these things are happening as they go. Every, every one of these characters, you know, not some more than others, but every one of them has a plot line. You know, there's uh Hank Azaria's issue with his mother that's going to come up more and more. And then there's uh, this shoveler and his wife. And there's uh, Ben Stiller has a girl he's trying to win. And, you know, all of these characters have goals that are combined with the goals of, you know, the the over goal of the of the whole movie. So what you're saying is screenwriting is easy? I'm saying screenwriting <laughs> is easy, apparently, because this movie managed to do it. And other movies uh, seem to have forgotten it. But. There's there's like a status thing too, where like the shoveler was always a sort of high status and not high status, but like the, the shoveler was always effective for what he does, and the uh, and the blue raja always sort of somehow got the job done, and the spleen is always sort of okay, and then sort of you know the invisible boy is a joke, but everyone else kind of makes it work, and Mister Furious just steadily becomes clear is the <laughs> one with the no power, yeah, like he, he actually literally has nothing, yeah, and and it's like. As opposed to that sort of just being tolerated throughout, like they just basically it drives him out of the, the team, and he yeah. sort of has to actually fix himself. He's you know being I mean? left behind because they are yeah. advancing, and he's not. And, and of course, he is given the worst possible advice: if you can balance attack hammer, then you can have a balanced attack. <laughs> and he's like, that doesn't that doesn't even make any sense. And I, again, I agree with him, dude. It's yeah. pretty Miyagi. But, it, yeah. but, it, but at the same, I can time, see it working. At the same time, I also see this the Sphinx going. All right. Well, his yeah. power is supposedly like rage power, so I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make him just make him mad. I'm gonna piss him <laughs> off as much as I can and see how that how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the I did it, I did laugh at the non sequitur. It's like okay, but why do I have watermelon on my feet? I don't remember telling you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was just I thought that was just a great left field joke. I will addend to my previous list of actors. I want to see do a thing different than what they usually do. I want to see Saget do a deep indie movie dad role. I want to see him be. You know, uh, Danny, I think I've, whatever the I've fuck. I've seen him in a dad was. role, but a deep indie movie, sure, why not? Well, yeah, I know, but like, like Bob Saget now, where people who know Bob Saget now are just too young to have grown up on Full House. It's a new generation of people that ironically like him because he's just so damn filthy. Uh, I want to see real world, you know, fifty six, fifty seven year old Danny Tanner doing a a serious role, like a you know. I, I might I might find that appealing for the same reason I, I like George Carlin and Jersey Girl, where it's like, oh, but he's so mean and, and filthy in his act, but he can really do this. And Bob Saget started as an actor. Well, he started as a comedian, but yeah. whatever. Also, Bill Nye, motherfucker. <laughs> I want to see Bill Nye doing anything but appearing on the news to talk about, like, 9-11 or whatever they have. Doing. You know, he got booed in... Uh, that was, like, three in, years ago. I don't know why that showed up on the internet again. Oh, but, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where apparently, he, he was talking about how the moon... Uh, uh, full, he, he kind of shoveled his own his own grave on this one, saying... Oh, God, here we come Here, here we come for you, evangelical Christians. No, well, this, no, is, one, this is our... This what, is our uh, the one for this episode. I have episode. no idea what, what we're talking about. What happened about. was that Bill, Bill Nye... Bill Nye and 9-11? What? No, 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 9-11. He, he, um, basically, what he said was... 
the moon doesn't create its own light. It reflects light from the sun. But he involved it in a basically saying— Oh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Not Bill Nye. He, okay. Bill Nye, yeah. uh, the science guy. Uh, he involved it by saying, God created the two lights. It's like, no, because the moon isn't a light. The moon is a white thing in space. Yeah, I guess he did kind of start it being he, like, ah, yeah, oh, the he, Bible is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to play that shit in fucking Alabama or wherever it was. It was Texas, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, that happened, thing. that happened in like 2009, and then it, it got on Reddit yeah. like it happened last week again for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, I love this new era we have where there's a bunch of like, not rock star scientists, but it's like Twitter rock star scientists. Yeah, at least scientists that like people Phil, are aware like, exist. Yeah, like Phil yeah. Plate and Neil Tyson and Bill Nye, I guess, yeah. has been around for a while. But those guys, where it's, and Richard Dawkins. Well, Richard Dawkins, too, where it's like these people that are intellectuals, that are fucking nerds, mm-hmm. getting you know their TED Talks and stuff. It's just a cool, I love the internet for this sort of thing. Yeah, It was happening, but now we get to know... Yeah, <laughs> now we can have access to it. Yeah. And to think, it all started when fucking Phil Plate could not handle Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> would Alton Brown yeah, count that, as a modern I yes. love Alton Brown yes, so Alton much. Brown would totally count. Alton Brown should have been one of the mystery men. The chef. <laughs> I, <laughs> he makes, I, I he makes delicious dishes with the power of science. I recall a, a time a couple years ago when Trey was dealing with a, a potential offer to be the host of a series where he's like, if Alton Brown can do it, fucking me. Look at this guy. <laughs> I'm like, you're so right. No, I, no, it wasn't Alton Brown. It was the, uh, it was the uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives guy. The, he's the, the guy he's got bleached hair. He's a big fat dude, and he just goes and eats fried food for a half hour every week. I'm like, I could do that job. I yeah. could totally do that. He has a restaurant in San Francisco where they do American sushi. They do like French fries and sushi and stuff like that. Is so it good? Is, and it's okay. Sounds awesome. Okay. There's a role named after me on it, so <laughs> I'm serious. It's that like one's good. My recipe. I enjoy it. Are... In the chat room, um, Strangeland opposes our mythologizing of Bill Nye by saying he met him and he was a douche. Oh yeah, yeah. And know. I've actually heard that before about Bill Nye. No, I've been told by someone who knows both of us. That I refuse I'm a, that I'm much cooler than Bill Nye. <gasps> oh, oh, fucking can't reach. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Give me a high five. It was it was a it was a 12 year old girl who said I was so much more fun to be around than Bill Nye. Well, everyone knows 12 year old oh, girls wow. are never yeah. wrong. So, about okay, so that is that is a damning indictment of Bill Nye. Take that <laughs> and <laughs> awesome for you. Take that now. Hit girl thought you were cooler. Learn it exactly. I'm gonna have to have a moment of silence. Learn here it for my it. for my uh, childhood fantasy about <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy. Well, apparently, and I'm gonna go with I'm assuming he's really sick of having been Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, he I wants to be so. Bill Nye the Science Pundit. Oh. Hey, look, it's the same place from Zombieland. Land. Strangeland said, he went up and said, I, I'm a fan of yours. I think everything you've done is awesome. And he was basically kind of fuck off about it. Mm-hmm. Which, celebrities, it does yeah, depend. It depends on the Dude, day. And you think it depends they built on a lot this? Do you think this is where a lot of the 60 million went? Is there like, there was no disused amusement park in a Salt Lake? It's so they, a, I Zizix Road. Yeah. Well, they, you, can get, you can rent carnival rides from various places. And surely, I guess there's a boneyard somewhere. It does look a little... Yeah, look at the budget cr- on the show. It looks a little created. I mean, it doesn't look like it's authentically all sitting there. But who knows? It could, that that doesn't it look like how you would have set it up yeah. to actually run it, and then yeah. it just got disused. Now, I, one of the things that I, I enjoy about this movie is the fact that it's Tom Waits, and you know, Tom Waits maybe you know mean a little something different to me than to people younger. But I was like, oh my god, it's Tom Waits! I can't believe it. And Tom Waits is a singer yeah. um, who uh, you know specializes in. He was the first person I ever ever heard say forty years ago, well, "I'd rather have a." bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know if it's his line but he you know he does these you know if you ever hear him sing it's quite distinctive uh, he's one of those singers you go I can't believe that guy has a singing career but uh, he's just uh, well known as a, a composer who writes uh, you know very interesting songs that are you know it's you know kind of underground you probably wouldn't get it but uh, you know no it's he's an absolutely amazing musician uh, better in coffee and cigarettes yes 
then I was yeah. in the chat room. What are we talking about? Who? Uh, this dude. Oh, is he a musician? Yeah, Tom Waits is. Oh, uh, that's Tom Waits. That's Tom Waits. I've never had a face for Tom. You've Waits. heard of Tom Waits? That's what he looks like. He's done a lot more than you'd think, too. He actually got like really into it as an actor for a little while, the last couple of years. He's done he's done many things. Yeah, he could have he could have sucked up Ron Perlman's sloppy seconds. <laughs> true, true. Many people think this is Ron Perlman. Many people, if you go to IMDb, the home of movie idiots, <laughs> and read the thread about a guy who continues to insist that this movie was actually directed by Tim Burton and that the the director of, of note clearly doesn't exist because he has no other credits and came from nowhere because this person never heard of commercial directing. Um, but there's an entire thread about a person who insists that that this movie is actually directed by Tim Burton. And the the actual director doesn't actually exist. It's not enough black and white in it. Yeah. Now um, this isn't kooky enough it's to be nowhere Burton. near like a Tim Burton. You know my uh, my specific problem with IMDb and, and and commercials and that they're not on there is not that I can't see what all commercials Michael Bay has done or whatever. It's that I have like fifteen or twenty credits on IMDb, but I've worked on like thirty commercials, not on IMDb. God damn it! There's a lot of work. That's not going. It's going unsung. Now there should be an I my C work. I mean DB. Yeah. Well, I was part of a team, but yes, mostly me. And actually, for a lot of people, it needs to say, you, we also would need an IBDB, which is uh, because, you go, yeah, whatever happened to that uh, actress? She was really big like six years ago. She's on she Broadway. Is, she's a massive Broadway star, and you just aren't seeing her anymore on movies. But you know, she, it's not like she disappeared or died or her career ended. She is so crazy pretty in this scene, yeah, uh-huh. and so doesn't really pull it off that well in many films. It's just like they just really got her. Claire Falani? Yeah. Again with my mutant theory. Yeah. yeah. No, she does sort of have like a weird she mouth. Has, she like has it's a, a little bit too too big. <laughs> she looks like if you put some skin on an emoticon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Clever. She has she has one of those faces that And the mouth was used using that yeah. weird squiggly bracket. When you were when 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 you're young, it's something to watch out for. Gentlemen, I'll tell you from from experience, gentlemen and anyone listening to the sound of my voice. Um, when uh, a young woman is exotic, that's great. But later, that's going to become bizarre. <laughs> Exotic ages into bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, the more you know. Just like, just like so. people who are fans of Kim Kardashian have never seen an Armenian woman over the age of 60. They're about four feet tall. Yeah. They're spherical. I mean, like she, I don't know how they get there from if, where they are right if now. You, if you go to in Korea. In five years, Kim Kardashian's going to look like you. Yeah. In Korea, I was always struck by the fact that the you know women who are 25 are just all uniformly beautiful and the women over 50 are are like so bent over that they literally have hats with casters on top of their heads because their their heads are scraping the ground it's like what like when does that kick in there's a moment when you're like good night honey and the next morning "Ah!" oh it happened this is one of my favorite and one of the most devastating things i've ever read I think he's talking about Claire Falani. He says she has a face for a Soundgarden video. <laughs> oh. Okay. Black okay. Hole Sun. Okay. Oh, Black Hole Sun. Now, here's a fun, again, a fun little conceit that they do. They have a lot of fun with the fact that uh, this fella builds weapons, but only the non Although, I'll point out, not a perfect movie because they put a gun on the mantle with the tornado thing and it never comes back. Hmm. But the rest of them do. The rest of them do. The rest but of them the, do. the tornado thing doesn't. Yep. I'll bet you it probably did, and they just cut it out. Could be. Could well be. But uh, but the fact that he, he, he will only make non-lethal weapons, and his weapon again, like them, his, his weapons sound ridiculous, and yet, of course, in the end, they turn, they do actually prove to be useful. There's the, uh, the it's, what's, this, what's it called? It's called the, um, the, the, the blame thrower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I think uh, Hitchhiker's Guide totally stole the point of view gun from this mm-hmm. concept. 
Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, with no kissing, no. The idea of the uh, the what's the oh the based on dry cleaning technology that makes your clothes shrink up which, on you yeah which is you know again ridiculous well, and I, I have seen worse in real comics that and, we're trying to be serious and the good point too being that like in the event that you uh, made these weapons you would be so obscure you were living in like an old amusement <laughs> in the park because where no else one, would you live yeah the, the government's not paying any money for that hey look it's Universal Studios we're on the Universal Street backlog mm-hmm. you can't not do it you have to be there. It's funny how recognizable it is it really once you've just, been on the kind tour. It is, yeah. It's surely, surely there's a compilation on YouTube somewhere of the 10,000 movies that that, uh, that that street has been in. One of my favorite um, always used, if you ever notice it, you will then recognize it in every other movie, if, but you generally won't, is the uh, American Apparel Factory at about 3rd and Bay in downtown Los yes, Angeles. I've been there. I've it's been a, to the factory. Fucking, you've been there. It's, it's um, on, on film, it's generally... You see the between the buildings section. There are these two, maybe five story industrial buildings that just look like a a big brick with a, a series of windows, right? Just four levels of windows. And there's another one, fifty feet across, adjacent to it. So it's it's taller than it is wide, and it's this long corridor of windows like that. It shows up, for instance, in Transformers when in the first Transformers movie, when all the Autobots show up and Witwicky Wh- 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 and Megan, oh God. Are standing there. That's <laughs> happening in that scene, or in that in that location, and it shows up all over the place. And also the uh, the, the the downtown tunnel with the reflective oh, sure. tiles. Second Street Tunnel, yeah. Second Street Tunnel, all Independence Day, right off the bat, boomer. But everything else too. Additionally, uh, I, I hear New York shows up in movies occasionally. Real, real New York. Sometimes, oh, sometimes Vancouver. It yeah. costs so much money. Yeah. All right. Now they're going out. This you know, following following a very standard construction of you know going out on the next mission, having learned some lessons and gained some skill, but not enough. Not enough. Well, it won't quite be enough. Yeah, this is this is going to Cloud Cloud City right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the equivalent yeah. of going to Cloud City, where where things some, are going to go horribly. Someone's going to get encased in carbonite. Yeah. That's how this is going to end. I want a shoveler costume. I think that would be an Dude, awesome costume. If you went, if, if, I, if I bumped into no. you, if I didn't know you and I bumped into you at Comic Con wearing that outfit, I would give you a fucking high five. Awesome. I'd be like, look at this guy right here. Hell yeah. <laughs> the shoveler. I love this guy. That was the thing uh, Chloe was talking about this after Sucker Punch. She's like, oh, we're going to see so many baby I dolls. I can't wait to go to Comic Con. We're going to see Just... so many. I'm like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. She's like, it would cost $5 and chicks want to be hot. Yeah. I'm like, but no one really likes sucker. I don't care. Yeah. It costs $5, and chicks want to be hot. Yeah. There are a lot. And at that point, already. I realized I don't want to argue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally want to see the sucker punch. And then I was like, oh, you are right. Let's just go home now. <laughs> it's like, nobody move. It might still happen. No. <laughs> don't say any more. It could work. So there is it's it's wacky way. There is even a little character moment here where he he can't he can't say what he's feeling. Yeah, because he's he and he has to pretend that the rage is rising even though he doesn't. Yeah, and really it's like even anything. though it's not that's not what it is. It's nothing to do with and, that. And the other guy knows, but he's like, "Whoa, chill out. Yeah. We're cool. Just play it along. Like, all right, yeah, you can come that's, with us. Exactly. That's that's the the sign of uh, the forgiveness. There is the fact that he ju- he plays along. Yeah. He pretends that. He's scared right. for a moment. So here comes your Michael Bay cameo. This is okay, and also CeeLo. Are you serious? That is CeeLo. CeeLo, yeah. Because Cee-Lo I was Bay. watching this the other day, and I was like, 
that guy looks like CeeLo. But then I th- immediately yeah. went all fucking yeah. pansy on oh, it. I was hell like, no. oh no, they don't all look like CeeLo. All, not all fat there guys, was, not all fat black guys with great teeth are CeeLo. That's that's profiling. It's not CeeLo. It, apparently, it is. It it's is. Yeah. But this is the the pretty and the guy that talks of yeah, the, the, the frat boy hair. group. The Can pretty looking the guy is uh, Michael Bay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael. By Bay. the way, I had forgotten. I always do forget. And he's he he looks better here because he's younger. He now he's getting. You know, he he has he has fifty year old face where it's a little bit it's sort of sunken, but it's he's still a handsome guy. But Michael Bay is a hot motherfucker. That's <laughs> yeah. a good looking man. Yeah. Well, he's you know, and uh, Zack Snyder ain't no slouch either. What no. the hell is going on? Zach's, well, Zack Snyder, you're was... learning about yourself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got hair in weird places. <laughs> yeah. And, and feelings, weird yeah. feelings, they're strange and disturbing. So my question is, uh, what what was the fraternity's conceit? What is are they the rapiest fraternity? Like, what, what? I, I just I think it it's just the guys from Karate Kid. It cracks me up that they are literally the frat boys. That just they're I, I just thought that they were just the douche just douchebags. I said they're just annoying <laughs> the frat boys, bags. professional douche. Yeah, it's just they're just the worst people. They're just the annoying du- you know. dude. Can we bring our brewskis? No. <laughs> And, so you know, fucking well, all adorable. These, well, all these super villains, the, you know, big tobacco. That's one. Of the, that's one of the villains. It's great. So, the fat boys. <laughs> yeah, there they are. You know, I, I'm going to throw your mind for a loop. Michael Bay doesn't not resemble Bill Nye. Actually, no, that's true. That's weird. He's going to look like Bill Nye when he gets older. He is. <laughs> It's fucking strange. So that's CeeLo. That's right CeeLo. That's CeeLo. Are there. you shitting me? Guy. I saw that guy and I was like, it's CeeLo. No, it's not. Yeah. Not all black people look alike. The guy who looks like CeeLo, but younger. That's that's because it is. I see you driving around town <laughs> with the girl. Yeah. God, I love that song. That's, oh, that's the best song. <laughs> who is it that printed their, their iTunes? Someone printed printed a little print out of their iTunes. They got the, they bought that song on iTunes and so they just printed their receipt. <laughs> just said, you know, fuck you. Them, fuck you, iTunes. <laughs> Same to you, iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's that's that's the most genius song. That's a song for the internet era. That is the mm-hmm. that is the killer app song for the internet era. My God. Although I also, if you're not familiar, I love the Lily Allen song "Fuck You." Just as poppy and fun, but more British. Also mm-hmm. younger and female. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great song though. Yeah, with well, a slightly different target to the angst. Slightly. Did you know that Lily Allen has a third nipple? I did not. Are you intrigued? Go on. Less than you might imagine. <laughs> it's a little total recall. This is relevant to my... I, I've encountered one of those in real life, but not on Lily Allen. Was it on her hand or something, or was it sort of where it should no, have been? No, it's... It's it was just... It's where it's about where it ought to be. All right. Yeah. Is it where, is it where James Bond has one when he meets... Uh, Scaramanga. Yeah. It's sad that we both immediately went to Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah. But um, sad, but... My ska sad band in, a good in way. college was named... Uh, Third. Scaramanga. <laughs> oh, man. I, was, I, thought, I thought you were going to say third nipple. No, but, but that would be great, too. This is pretty, uh, like, this is basically the end of the movie, and we've got, like, 45 minutes left. This is a big sequence. It's not. No, it's up. not quite the end of the is movie. Is it not? Because they, they have to kill Captain Amazing, then they retreat again, they get the, the oh, battle that's the right. battle they didn't get into Captain Amazing. Yeah, this is the Captain, Captain Amazing, Amazing scene coming up, okay, which, okay, is, which good. is one of my favorite that's scenes. What, that's what I was saying earlier in the movie, like, about 40 minutes ago. I was like, are they really about to kill Captain Amazing? I don't remember it happening that yeah. quickly. No, there's a, the, one, of the, one of the few times that the, the movie kind of glosses over, kind of just takes, a, takes an easy way out, is they're outside of, the first time they go to, the two of them, or the three of them, go to Casanova's castle. Um, and the Eddie Izzard and the other guys beat them up on the front lawn. It cuts to them and the, at the coffee shop, oh, right. with no like. Well, wait, they didn't get killed, and they just what do they do? Just walked away. Afterwards? Listen, son, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Yeah, 
the, the easy, easy way. So it's just it does kind of well. Wait a minute. Well, how do they just they just beat them up and then they just went home and what happened there? I want to start. Yeah. Okay. I want to start slowing this insult for people that will get it. <laughs> when I want to when I want to just fucking go. Oh fuck you to someone. I'll be like Biff is with your mother. <laughs> oh, like Back Future Two on them. Just fucking. Well, Biff is with your mother in the alternate 1985. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, better than Son of a Bitch. That is pretty nasty. <laughs> and Biff is with your mother. Biff is rich and powerful. This so this 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 scene just your jacket is now dry. I wish we had the the we don't have the subtitles here. I wish we had <laughs> the subtitles. I like yes, to see sir. the subtitles trying to keep up with this scene too. <laughs> yeah, this subtitle, this scene is fast. Everyone is improvising like crazy. The whole idea. No wait, no, when you say the two, so it, just flip it again. Can we stop? Is there yeah. a reset button? Hold on. You said wait. Wh- we already did one. Do you want us yeah. to do another? Just flip the switch. Just but flip, we did one. Flip it. Flip it. So the idea, you know, the idea that Captain Amazing essentially brings his demise on himself <laughs> by by rattling them and just sort of you know shouting out orders. I love Bill Macy. This whole time, he's just standing on the side, ineffectual, by the door. But he's holding up a pair of washers, trying to see if, with the glasses. Is that yeah, it? He still he still has his suspicions. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge, you know, a huge set, <laughs> gigantic set. Mm-hmm. Sixty-eight million. Sixty-eight million. Okay, and you see where it went. You totally see it. It's you all on the screen. You can't. You can't deny it's all on the screen. That's good, Frank. I haven't heard that one either. On the subject of of disses, I haven't heard this. How's your wife and my kids? <laughs> that's fucking, wah, wah. that's, that's, that's hard. That's that's hard on the guy saying it, not yeah. the guy. There's, there's it. an old Benny, an old Benny Hill line scene. Was that you know? Oh shit! Strangeland's right. We mentioned Back to the Future. Now it's pushed back a month. Ah. <laughs> No, no, no. It's not. It's it's if someone asks us to do Back to the Future is when it gets pushed back. Trey, can you do Back to the Future commentary, please? Ah, see, there you go. There it goes. But that was a, that was an example. I don't think people have been asking counts. us to do a Back to the Future for now three since, years. Since people in the, the chat are like, "Damn it, you!" Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, they're going to mutiny on me. Can't, can't your review for Back to the Future happen whenever you want it to chronologically? That's right. Time? We, 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 oh my God! Right? We did a thing. No, we, we should do it in. Uh, uh, we should do it on <laughs> we November. Did it. We will. We'll go back and do it two and a half years ago. Yeah. November twelfth, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> now there's a thing, and I had to correct someone on this, and I destroyed them, and it was amazing. It was a good moment for me. Uh, what is the um, what is the apex in the Back to the Future universe as a date? Because there's two days. The latest date. The, the apex yeah. where he says it's the it's the apex of the space time continuum. Everything happens here, or it could have been an amazing coincidence. He's referring to November twelfth, yeah, not November fifth. He goes back on the fifth, leaves yeah, on the twelfth. The twelfth is when all that stuff. Happens. See, and the, and people get confused because in the car he's like November fifth, nineteen fifty five, but they're talking about the twelfth later. Yeah, that's a hell of a, a little. That's that's a brutal death too. Yeah, you don't nasty. even. They, but they make sure in the movie they're like, no, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't the, think he's gonna make yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna pull out of it. Let's not uh, let's not get any confusion in the audience here. Yeah. That uh, that effect probably cost a million dollars at the time. That this probably was made. that <laughs> melting. End effect. up with this uh, space jockey here. Yeah, the first alien uh, sufferer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he's made of he's made of toast. <laughs> yeah, toast. I got it. Thank you. I was going to say, I don't think Bob and Tom is still a thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, catch the reference. No, but if you had if you had Napster and you were looking for Weird Al stuff back in the day, oh, you yeah. probably found Toast. Yeah, fist bump. <laughs> Dorkman feels me. <laughs> oh, and also Donald. Turned, Donald turned, I love Duck. the teeth. He, he turned into yeah. a pig. He turned into like, a Big Daddy Roth character. That's fantastic. <laughs> But we saw his, like, head completely turn inside out and yeah. become hollow in the middle. And Captain Amazing looks like Flavor Flav now. And then he <laughs> exploded. 
That's it's just such a ridiculous. Like his mouth is up on his forehead now and <laughs> yeah. shit. And, and the villains are all happy. Hooray! Because yeah. it's like no oh. one will stop us. So not only did they not rescue Captain Amazing, they killed Captain Amazing. Right. You know, talk about raising the stakes. Yeah, screenwriting 101. I like, yeah. Stakes raised. I like having, even having a moment or, or imagining that Casanova has a moment where he's like, oh, well, that's not <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah. Oh, but all right, all right, all right. Great. No, it's still good. It's, it's still good. You know what? You know what? We'll, uh, we'll make lemonade, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see you actually give that speech. Yeah. When life hands you lemons, <laughs> you make lemonade. <laughs> You know, they'd say something stupid. Michael Bay would go, exp- blow it up, yeah. <laughs> paint it green. Dip. You make lemonade. <laughs> oh, yeah, also that. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I don't remember when we brought this up, but apparently Michael Bay was brought on as a potential director for the movie Phone Booth. And he yeah. came into the meeting, and the first thing he said was, how do I get him out of this fucking phone booth? <laughs> yeah, and they were like, get out. You Thanks can, for coming uh, in, Michael. Thanks for coming in. You can leave now. I, I used to think Michael Bay made awesome movies, and then I jumped on the, I, I hate Michael Bay bandwagon. And now I don't even ironically like him. I just want to give him a hug. Like, I, you know. Well, you do your thing, man. And, it's fucking, and be, yeah, yeah, it's like, you want, it's like, you know, you, it's, it's, uh, it's from dogma. You really are just a simple creature, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You just Michael Bay the hell out of everything. That's just. Just, you, you can't Michael not Bay, Michael Bay stuff. Can, can I you? can I fucking blow your mind for a second? Michael Bay is the Beach Boys of directors. <laughs> he just wants explosions, cars, and chicks. Why do we love the Beach Boys and hate Michael dun, Bay? Dun, dun, dun. It's um, which Beach Boys song was about explosions? <laughs> it's called Explosions, Cars, and Chicks. chicks. Yeah, <laughs> it's from the Pet Sounds album. <laughs> oh wait, I was thinking cars of Jan and Dean. And yeah, that's true. He is Jan and Dean. He's Jan and Dean rolled into one. <laughs> um, I think he's, a little. He's gra- the, I think he is the illegitimate son of Jan and Dean. Didn't the little old lady from Pasadena explode? Was nope. that the that was the, that was the European fast. version of the song? Yeah, I uh, I I always <laughs> wanted to do the like commentary on a Michael Bay thing and just have him going. I'm sorry. I I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I, Pop on the commentary and just Michael Bay going. I, I, from yeah, what wow. I under, from that what I understand, so, uh, so high that day. From what I understand, that is kind of the commentary for Batman and Robin. Really? Bill Schumacher going. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't yeah. have done that. I don't know what the hell. We were trying to make action figures, and I just. Went if you too want to far. listen to the uh, the down in front commentary for 2010 Moby Dick, <laughs> yeah, it's not far. It's not a step far from that. Hey, no, I, I there's there's a lot of moments you're just and like, also, ah, yeah, and also apparently well, the uh, the. What do you um, want from me? Come on. As I recall, the commentary for Monkey Bone yeah. was, was Monkey also. Bone. Uh, a little apologetic. Well, it was uh, also Henry not, Selleck, right? Henry Selleck was also Henry Selleck. No, not apologetic. Sitting there going, the studio fucked me. I didn't want that. They made me do this. Awesome. It's totally like, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, we should, that's that's I, that's we should do that. That's what I understand. We should do that. We should do a movie that we had nothing to do, do with and say that they fucked me on this. I wanted it to be that. <laughs> Sometimes they'll do that. Sometimes they'll allow that. We should do that for Men in Black, too. Yeah. <laughs> the, now, here in this scene actually is also great because they, where Bill Macy's character uses egg salad as as his analogy for what they need to do, which is now basically the thing they do on What's Community it? every week. Yeah, that, was, that's what I feel is his is Bill Macy's uh, secret power. He calls himself the shoveler because he shovels he's shit. Shoveling it really good here. <laughs> yeah, it's not you know, not since the uh, Team America dicks pussies and assholes analogy has there been such a great analogy. But it's great, and it basically follows the the all time great speech structure, which is you make. A uh, reference that seems funny and offhand at the beginning of the speech, and then you bring it back to have meaning at the you end. You actually make it work. You make yeah. it work. And you're right. This is every episode of Community. Fucking, this is Joel McHale right here. Mm-hmm. And they made a they made the, a joke. The poor man's Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. 
Yeah, I was like, I was like the tractor beam on the Death Star. Hmm. <laughs> I've always like, I've always hoped that I'm, that's probably not true, but I wish that this uh, Woody Allen's first film was. Uh, um, <laughs> what happened? I've always hoped. Well, no, I no, I haven't hoped. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, that's probably not true. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about in general. It's about a specific thing. But it, it, in I've general, that, no, I haven't. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I tried not to lie. I've never hoped. <laughs> I've never hoped. It's true. I admit it. Because you know, I learned early on. Um, because there was a guy when I was reading a Spider-Man comic, and he crushed the hope out of me at the age of seven. And I've never hoped since then. I've, I've always, in my mind, liked the idea that uh, Woody, one of Woody Allen's first movies that wasn't really a movie that he really did, per se, was What's Up, Tiger Lily, which is where he took a Japanese James Bond knockoff and redubbed it. And that was really one of his first movies that Woody Allen made and shot some additional stuff and kind of made this weird kind of hodgepodge out of it. So but he did like the Kung Pao thing. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did in the early 60s. And it's called um, What's Up, Tiger Lily. And uh, and it, there it is. It is this amazing, amazing conglomeration of Japanese 60s James Bond knockoff movie with Woody Allen dialogue <laughs> Trying to be a James Bond movie, and the great thing about it is, it's all about how the supervillain has stolen the world's greatest recipe for egg salad. Um, and and there's a scene where this is being explained to the to the hero, and he says, uh, because of course whoever controls the egg salad recipe will control the world. And and he goes, there's a pause, and he goes, don't ask me why egg salad. I have enough aggravation. <laughs> but, but it's just a setup. It's like the ultimate recipe for egg salad is the secret to controlling the world. So. I was hoping that this was like a reference with the egg salad here, but it probably wasn't. I love this moment with his mom. <laughs> and it's so – a lot of movies try harder to capture what a mom is in my mind than this movie does. And this movie sort of effortlessly gets it yeah. where she's sort of like, that's, that's great. Do the accent again. Yeah. <laughs> that's so a mom thing. It's so, the, okay, the good, do, the do, you, do you want some yeah. more forks? Now, that said, I will turn uh, 40 in a few – Maybe 40 years. And my mom will still be sending me boxes full of candy and shit on Easter. God, I wish my mom would do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. After a while, after a while you start missing that. Trust me. Yeah. I'm, I, I'll be really sad the first time I don't get, like, a care package, which right now I, I, I open them and I'm like, oh, mom sends me some stuff. But it's sort of nice, you know? Mm-hmm. The uh, Speaking of Woody Allen, the, the um, this, of course, is you kids probably have no – Mental picture whatsoever of of Louise Lasser. You know Louise Lasser. Um, that's this is Louise Lasser, who was very very big in the seventies, on a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which was a, quite a quite a big hit, a very strange faux soap opera. This bedroom is the room from the end of two thousand and one. It kind of is. There's a monolith there. Um, and then Louise Lasser kind of went away, and she kind of went off the radar for a while. Um, she she's one of the three episodes of Saturday Night Live that Lauren Michaels refused to allow into syndication because it went so badly um, because apparently she was pretty much drugged out of her mind. Um, and so she That kinda, sounds amazing. I know. It's like it's not – it was Milton Berle, Louise Lasser, and one other episode of Saturday Night Live that was never released into syndication because they were so awful yep. that yep. Uh, that um, – there's a, uh, a and not because of the not because the people weren't. He says that like he was in the room when yeah. the decision was made. Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't even know who Milton no, no, Merle no, no. is. There's a oh, go ahead, Trey. It wasn't it mm-hmm. wasn't because of it wasn't because of um, the actors. You know, like they were a bad actor or whatever. It's because Milton Berle came in and just basically sabotaged the show. He train wrecked it, um, and then uh, and uh, Louise Lasser was just so sort of out of her mind that the show was incoherent. Um, and uh, there was one other one I forget. Andrew Bates Clay. Andrew, no, I don't think so. Um, it was early, one of the early ones. 
But, uh, but Louise Lester is like, I'm still like, oh, it's Louise Lester. She's still around. She's still funny. She's, you know, she can still do stuff. It's great. I'm so happy to see her again. She didn't play the evil Jason Voorhees mom in the remake of Friday the 13th, did she? In the remake? No, I, I she know. could have, but uh, she does look Dorkman like Dorkman is a hitchhiker. No, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's, um, it's not. It, I she does she, look like Betsy Palmer a little bit it, now. I think it was the remake in for uh, Freddy vs. Jason, where it's like, your power is you never die. You can never die. That wasn't her. Was I would, well, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen it. But, uh, seems unlikely, but I guess it's possible. On the subject of SNL, there is a fucking tome of an anthology called Live from New York. It's like yeah. 900 pages. It's great. I and it, it goes from like 74 when Lorne Michaels is trying to put the idea together <laughs> and who he's talking to. Initially, it was going to be like the Lily, the Lily Tomlin show again. And then all the way up till I think like 2002 or so, uh, and it's just unbelievable. It's got interviews, and it's set up basically where they they got three hour interviews with everybody, all of the cast members and all the writers throughout the entire thing, and also like the friends of the producers and stuff like that. And then just took their relevant snippets of a, like a paragraph anecdote or what was going on at the time, and just laid them in order. And the book reads that way, and it's really, really, really interesting. And a lot of the things that's that the stuff that stands out is. Is you know the uh, the behind the scenesy kind of stuff, but also the, the the when they have a train wreck episode, how it's almost like Studio sixty. One of the interviews I recall, I don't recall who it was. It might have been Dana Carvey uh, was talking about how it was when this one particular train wreck episode happened, and it reminded me of Studio sixty, where uh, in the fictional show Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, Felicity Huffman is hosting fake snl and all the actors in the show are like it's on you babe like they're all improvising and just getting out of the scene and she's just like they're all leaving her hanging Actually, like an uh, asshole well felicity, no, felicity Huffman is in the pilot in the show where the, the guy goes nuts and but it's uh it's allison janney who's allison in the janney you're right show. you're right you're totally right oh that's so funny and they're, they're reveling is like yeah this is our disaster show for this season it's gonna be awesome <laughs> you know and you're the host of it the plot of that episode is that the the was, props guys not... go on strike which loses the cue cards and everything and they just have yeah. to wing it and all the props don't work it was not louise lasseter that you were thinking of in those in the horror movies was it john lasseter yeah <laughs> it was in a wig what a twist Shyamalan. tricky was it the uh was it the future laser weapon the lasseter mm. the Firefly i doubt that still works <laughs> but this one does so now they're gonna uh, this is and now they you know they're following the the Cliched beats, but you follow them in a movie. In a movie, I always I, I subscribe to the theory. I hope, well, I don't hope, but I subscribe to the theory that um, if you're do- the more outlandish the movie you're doing, the more bizarro the premise that you're trying to get the audience to 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 hang on for, the better it is to try and almost formulaically put some plot points in place so they have some familiar things to kind of grab onto. And by God, how many times have we seen the preparation of the vehicle scene? Mm-hmm. But damn it, you know, here it is, and it works just fine. Apparently that that last uh, end tag of the scene where the spleen just, like, farts by accident and it, it flares up behind him, uh, that was an accident, apparently. Like, a crew member had thrown a lighter in there, and it went boom while they were shooting him and like his reaction like whoa was real and they were like that's fucking funny (laughs) so so we're gonna have you say excuse me and we're gonna get the other characters reactions now (laughs) because that's awesome in my uh in my humble in my ho um the best building of the vehicle scene is in explorers yeah very good one beautiful score fucking sentimental ship building thing with kids and it it just totally works i prefer that to um Who's got the Chevy logo as part of their outfit? I don't know. I think it's the Sphinx. Yeah. So here you go. That here sucks. You. When Captain Amazing has all these amazing sponsorships and one guy just has Chevrolet. <laughs> and not even probably a license. Fate worse than death. 
Yeah, he's not even licensed by them. He's just pimping them because he likes Chevys. No, the Chevy logo is on Mr. Furious's. Yeah, belt. Mr. Furious, because all of his stuff is built to junkyard stuff. Yeah. That's where he gets his, his oh. outfit. In that case, that's clever. Fuck. Yeah. Ah, goddamn you, movie. Production design. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk me out of it. Tries to run. No, no, so, no, no. I hope that next year, Ryan, as in Weber, as in, hi, Ryan, I can hear you through your speakers. <laughs> does for his um I'm watching you. I'm watching you. He just takes every time that you've used the uh the delivery device of fists in the air or what the hell mm-hmm. and just puts every one you've ever done cuz it's like screenwriting, Shyamalan, <laughs> production design. <laughs> just puts them all in a thing. Just go for an hour. Yeah. And you will ultimately sound like that. a dolphin trainer because every line they say ends like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> that actually would be a great montage. I like that. Dorkman! <laughs> Montage! There's a, a fantastic, uh, what is it called? There's, there's a sketch company, and they, do, they have a sketch called Montage, and it's literally this guy meets this girl, and then goes through all three of the montages you ever see when a guy meets a girl, <laughs> like where he's getting fit, and another one where he's learning to date, and then another one where he's like learning a, like a, a skill, and then the montage of dating her, and then it doesn't work, and then the breakup montage, and then like the later like <laughs> losing his friends montage. It's like all these montages just hammered together, and it is actually really brilliant. On the subject of why are we getting so far fucking off the topic of the movie? On the subject of those movies, hasn't, the movie hasn't quite gotten there yet. I mean, it's entertaining. If if we had the the dialogue, we'd probably yeah. be able to comment more. There's one my another scene that I liked here again because I like whenever Jean Garofalo just gets to riff like she does at the end with the the speech about supporting independent film, which kills me. But uh, the whole thing about how. He's going along, but he's not even furious anymore. He's now he's all whipped out, and they're trying to make him mad and can't get him to be mad. Nobody likes you. Yeah, and you're you're you say these things that are supposed to be profound, and they actually are meaningless. No, nothing. Okay, God damn it! <laughs> can't make him mad. I was going to bring. And up- I so want a Harkimer battle jitney. Look at that thing. Mm. That's the coolest thing ever. Do you think it was full sized? Oh yeah, it totally exists. I mean, it's like whatever it's made of, really. It's like a, it looks like a fire truck, sort of. It looks like it's a converted fire truck, or who knows what. I think it's the leftovers from when Kirstie Alley molted. <laughs> See, there it was. <laughs> As a stretch. Take a drink. <laughs> um, I think though that, that we're getting off topic because this movie basically takes care of itself. Like, there's just some great scenes. The movie's fine without us. Good. Yeah, I mean, they're funny to. They're they're funny if you're watching them, and and all we could really say is yeah, yeah that's funny. That's damn funny. It's actually good because at least this cuts down on the. That's a good line there. You know? yeah. <laughs> we can only do it from so memory. Say what you were going to say. I was yeah. going to bring up, we were talking about internet memes and the video series that Sax was talking about. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Epic Meal Time, but heard, that is the best thing ever. It is this, first of all, you have to understand, and I can't convey it, the character of the guy that's presenting Epic Meal Time to you, but he's this fictional guy who is really fucking awesome. How many of this did you use, huh? Like, just it's really, he, he's so defiantly awesome in sort of like a wigger kind of way. And what they're doing is every week they make a different meal as epic as possible. And it's basically a cooking show as if it was directed by Michael Bay. So they're making a burrito made out of turkeys, goats, salami, and bacon that's deep fried and covered in whipped cream, served with chocolate sauce, and fed to hot chicks every week. And it's awesome. It's funny, and it's funny again, and it's clever on top of that. And it's disgusting because they really make this food, and they really always eat all of it. And it's there's a there's another it ta- one it like plays out as a montage and it's a, it's awesome. There's it's another a one idea. I just found out about. Epic meal time is what I'm talking about. 
a Here's similar a little factor for you. Gold is not feral Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's a problem. Which I guess means that those guys get totally cheated because they right. can't, obviously it's not real gold. Yeah. You can tell by the cross-section. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, there's another video. I, I haven't even watched it, but I just love the premise. It's called something like, I can't believe that fucking worked. And it's like a <laughs> cooking show, but it's like, it's like a college, you know, uh, uh, you know, dorm room cooking show where they're just, they're, they're just like, we got three ingredients. Let's try and figure out a way to make it work. <laughs> We've got we'll rum, macaroni, and bread. Yeah, and we'll, nice. we'll figure out a way to do that. We'll throw it in the microwave. And then, and then most of the time, apparently, the, the thing is that they eat it and it actually tastes pretty good. And that's, I can't believe that fucking worked. <laughs> uh, in the chat room, they're making a, a good point on a critical level, which is, uh, this is a fun movie. I like it. I can tell you guys like it. But it's, it could be 100 minutes long, not two hours. It, it could it probably be long? shorter. It it's, could probably yeah. be shorter. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we've gotten off. We've I think got, it's 201. We've gone off on a couple of tangents here and there. I mean, this this almost this is a movie that you can sit down and and watch definitely and appreciate. You appreciate it when you're watching it, but, but it's yeah, but it's another one almost like Zombieland where you're like, this is this is a movie I put on in the background at parties, and you can and you can stop and look at it at any moment and be like, this is a funny moment, and then you can go back to the party. You know, it's it's one of those kinds of movies. I'm not it's not terrible by any stretch. I I, I really love this movie, but it is a bit long. It's hard to kind of sit down and and watch the whole thing. It is. I, I'm surprised that it's two hours long, but that it. It could certainly have stood to be a little uh, a little tighter that yeah. way. But most of the time is spent that we could have cut would have been character stuff, which I'm That's okay true. with. It's always That's tough. I like it's these characters. To if, you didn't, if you didn't like these characters, this movie wouldn't work at all. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's my problem with that. Okay, wait. Hold on. We're looking at him. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, not that. We but, the camera okay. people. Anyway. Fucking two magic beans. Right, two yeah. magic beans? Um, <laughs> what? Well, no. I saw his magic beans. <laughs> <laughs> He's got two magic beans. He went invisible. He didn't. Ceased to exist, so he would not have walked out of his clothing. Yeah, his clothing clothing wouldn't have fallen off. That's true. Well, it depends on the definition of invisible. He could be phasing right out of our universe is what he's actually doing. But then how does he articulate himself to turn off the device? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because in the third episode of the second season of the original series, it clearly states... Oh, now he gets one, too, on the montage. <laughs> but online <laughs> blueprints clearly indicate that the quantum flux is independent of the guidance matrix. So I sure hope someone lost their job over that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, he puts all those complicated clothes on in seconds. I like how... What did they say to Janine Garofalo? Her performance is, yes, and she's kind of smiling, because she's looking at his giant black cock. That's what's happening in that scene. How did they direct her on that? Did they say, all right, now, Janine, um, <laughs> did they say, he has a giant dick, or did they say... You like what you see? Or wh- wh- how did they do that? Because Janine Garofalo is such the very definition of a total feminist. Jo- well, she's also, she's also the one that you could talk to directly. She'd be the one like, yeah. it's a dick and it's, you like it. I think she's she's like, All right. I, it's a dick and it has a knuckle. I never thought she was being impressed by his dick. It's more like sort of amused like he's, that he was naked. Because you know, she, she has the great lines like, maybe you should put some shorts on if you're going to well, fight yeah, evil after, today. After that, yeah, after, yeah. Maybe you should put some shorts on or something if you want to keep fighting evil this today. This is another scene that could have gone further. The whole like, that they... they <laughs> yes. They, they're they're close to shrinking, but we're not really seeing it. And it's just like, yeah. well, if you're going to bother to do the joke, then yeah, let's go. In. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. not saying that it has to be naked, but at least how it hard are like, do we want to go with this? It could have been implied nudity as opposed to they just go from skirts to mini skirts. Is this an R? I doubt it. This seems PG-13 yeah, to me. PG-13. Boy, if this was an R, that would have been yeah. Really then we would have been talking about some good stuff, but. Uh. They should have. They should have done a joke where they they did the clothes shrinking rays on on those guys, but then they just fit really well. <laughs> <laughs> if they are rappers, yeah. Then their their pants would just pull up themselves. Yeah. Oh, that's much better. And the wheels on their cars would stop spinning at stoplights. <laughs> they spinning. They spinning. I don't know what the hell 
because I lived. I, I've lived in, <laughs> and, I, and I've given up hope. So there you go. I've lived in LA for three years. In the last week, I've seen. I ha- in those three years, I had never seen spinners on cars. I thought we'd gotten over that. In the last week, I've seen spinners on like four or five different cars. I don't know if I just started noticing it again, Bader Meinhof style or something else, but. Whatever. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the I hell. I don't know what the hell. Period. Declarative. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what is this? I don't even. <laughs> yeah, PG-13. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Do you guys dad. know what film uh, was the first to come out as a PG-13? Yes. Temple of Doom, right? Yeah. yeah. Spielberg! Yeah. Spielberg! Molaram Sularam! Con! <laughs> Spock! Conan Spock! Oh, the little shovel. That was a big reveal at the yeah. time. Yeah. The, the he's got a spade. trowel. Yeah. He, he branched out. He's got a trowel. So, uh, Dorkman, how is uh, William H. Macy at spinning a shovel around in an yeah. attractive way? He's how would you cute. rate his form? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a bit hard. He's really just swinging, uh, spinning and chopping. That's, that's what he's doing right there. But, uh, wow, the Internet's Dorkman Scott approves of Bill Macy's spinning technique. He shovels well. He's, well, he's, he's actually doing it. He's not spinning from the wrist. He's, like, flipping it around he's in actually, his hand. He'll so. also, he's, he's doing that, uh, which is more of a sco- uh, color guard move. Yeah, I was going to say a yeah. scotch guard move. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's also doing the thing where he uh, flicks it like a tennis racket, and it spins in his palm. Right, right. Another so. good move. Useless with a lightsaber because it's... Symmetrical, yeah, mm-hmm. not super hard stuff to do, but you know, it, it it's it, the point is that it's silly and not particularly. Athletic. The one that always impressed me oddly is in the background of the first pirates movie. I don't think we even called it out. Um, when Norrington is awarded his sword at that ceremony, oh, yeah. he does this really cool little. Yeah, we were we were talking about uh, uh, other stuff at the time, but I wanted to call out that he's like he's doing a bunch of little twirly things to test the the balance and stuff. And we it. also didn't call this out. Orlando Bloom in that scene where he's presenting Fozzie Bear with the sword uh-huh. does his flippy thing. And apparently Orlando Bloom really sucks at that. Uh-huh. So every single take, it fell, mm-hmm. and the guy was fucking terrified. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Eddie Izzard's moment of fame in this movie. Not Eddie Izzard and Janine Garofalo. This is like my my favorite showdown of alternative yeah, it's comedians. Like, it's like Twitter it's like, is fighting right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, no. Stop. Don't fight. Just talk. <laughs> yeah. Talk at each other. Yeah. Disagree over this something. This thing can go on for five minutes. This yeah. is okay with me. Alternative comedians t- showing down. I love it. Dan Cook, stay at home. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, he Forever. could have uh, been in a part of it. And and Dana Gould, for that matter. Dana Gould is great. Bring him in. Wasn't Dan Cook's character called the Waffler? Yes, he's the Waffler. How do they not make a political joke out of that? Uh, maybe it was. Why wasn't it, was... it played by John Kerry? Oh, because it was oh. 1999. Why wasn't it played by Ross Perot? I don't think he waffled. I think he was just insane. <laughs> All right. But but consistent at least. Yeah. Yeah, consistently insane. You can really get it's like a it's like a Wonderland personality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can get away with anything, man. He's got he's got one thing. Like and... you don't know what Ann Coulter thinks because she's just gonna make it up that day. Yeah. Ann Coulter oh. is pretty. I love how he's she like holding not. her. She's a good person at heart. Her at fingernail point. Right, and and you just buy that it's gotta be oh, lethal. I see what we're doing. We're trying not to be sued by Ann Coulter. Fuck her. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Bring oh, it, no. you whore. The opinions of Michael Scott did not necessarily yeah. represent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Put him down in front. He's going to add that to our outro. Get out of there, horse. <laughs> you are not a political pundit. You are a horse. Anyway. <laughs> did you ever see those the, that meme that's just like a picture of a horse in like some place it doesn't belong? And it's like, get out of there, horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
a horse walks, a horse walks into a bar. That. That's one of my favorite ones because it's just so straightforward. It's like, get out of there, horse. You are not a jet pilot. You are a horse. <laughs> <laughs> a horse walks into a bar, and three people leave because they understand the danger of the situation. <laughs> Yay. I love those anti-jokes. Uh, three guys walk into a bar. The fourth guy ducks. Uh, wow, how many wow. mosquitoes does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, but I don't know how they got in there. <laughs> Here we go. And now there's actually like, oh, he's now he's going to be pissed. That's right. He actually is angry. Yeah. I would have liked a insert at some point in this sequence of Hank Azaria walking up to the wall and pulling his forks back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's mom's flatware too. Yeah. Right? yeah. He, needs to get him, he needs to get him back. For and later. I, and I, I do love that little touch at the end. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm tapped. Like yep. he puts up his hands. I like, hope he can make it from there. I, got. I hope he can make it. I just yeah. hope he can make it from there. Oh man. I think I think it would be amazing to be acting in a scene with Jeffrey Rush just totally chewing the scenery. Like I'd be, yeah. s- I'd almost be scared. I'd yeah. almost be like, oh man, he could he could turn that at- on me at any second. <laughs> well, the fact Aztec that he- gold. Yeah. The fact that he's Cortez himself. Yeah. The fact that he's hissing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he's well, doing this weird shit with his fingers. And yeah. I enjoy that they have like they have like weird fingernail cam. They must have had to build. Yeah, like, they built an actual fake finger. Which I'm there. sure uh, I'm sure it's just not a, a special feature where it attacks everybody. Yeah, I was <laughs> running from the finger cam, like like in Jackass. That actually would have been great. Like getting, coming up behind people and. <laughs> what the hell is going on? So I don't even now we don't have the subtitles. I so I forget yeah. the the the. What does the evil machine do? It, uh, it's the psychofraculator. It right. uh, makes your every hallucination a reality. Oh, yes. And he's going to unleash that on the city, which he seems to indicate so, will destroy the city. This is going to drive the city insane. He's basically, yeah, he's basically Sandman? Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Yeah. I, it started with an S. Yeah. Casanova, Scarecrow, Stein. Is Sandman, Neil Gaiman, Spider-Man 3 or both? Neil Gaiman? But wasn't Thomas Hayden Church Sandman? Yes. Well, then what the fuck, comics? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm totally all. lost. I don't get it. I don't get it. No stars. <laughs> get off that podcast, horse. You're not a. Get off that podcast, horse. Get out of there, horse. <laughs> I like that you screwed it up. <laughs> get off that podcast, horse. You you don't have uh, opinions. Yes. A face. <laughs> you you don't have a pod to cast in. <laughs> I'm sure people listening to this as their first down in front experience are like, those guys are what, having a lot why? of fun, but they're not talking about Mr. Man at all. To that? <laughs> Again, this movie hey, is we, just... see, we do say friends in your head. At the end of the day, that's yeah. all we're trying for. <laughs> we're just douchebags. We're the frat boys, basically. Yeah. Have you ever noticed? And then he actually gets to be a hero at the end. Yeah. Is this the second time? Yeah, it's the second time I've made a gay comment today. Uh, have you ever noticed? Yeah, so it's a light day for that, you. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That Good joke. That Ben Stiller is pretty... Oh. Oh yeah, he he's a yeah. good-looking comedian, which is weird because you wouldn't see that coming from his parents. And in some of, fucking and, no, dude. And in now, some I of, love Jerry Stiller, but he looks like the guy in he looks like who's on the, uh, Ponda Baba's guy in the in the Star Wars cantina. He looks like Evazon, Doctor Evazon. I don't like you either. I want it for death yeah. in twelve systems. Um, That's Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a little he's, better looking than that. Yeah, Ben, ben Stiller and so, like especially Tropic Thunder and stuff like that. He's, he's like in really good shape too. It's yeah. like fucking a. Yeah. And it was funny. There was a he did Tom Cruise a lot. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say pretty. He's <laughs> got sure the rugged look. But he's got yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> but there was an epi- there, he did a bunch of Tom Cruise impressions. He even did one for like the MTV Movie Awards when Mission Impossible Two came out. He used to do him on his show uh, and and Ben Stiller's show. And uh, and then at one point I saw an interview where. 
I don't know. I don't remember the context of the interview, and that would be important for conveying all of the funniness. But it was basically where they sat Ben Stiller dressed as Tom Cruise next to Tom Cruise, and then Tom Cruise would answer a question, and then Ben Stiller would answer the same question the same way, mm-hmm. at like ten percent more, mm-hmm. and it became hysterical in about three questions. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. <laughs> I'm uh, very physical, <laughs> physical actor. Mm-hmm. Actor. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. Your Tom Cruise will get better? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. So then she has to have a heart-to-heart yeah. talk with her dad's skull. Yeah. <laughs> and go, look, you're a skull, and, you know, we had to say goodbye at some point, so this might be the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Same the, effect the, there as the tornado in a can for a hot True day. enough. You would think that maybe they would throw the tornado in the can into the air. And... Frank, uh, Frank in the chat room points out that Ben Siller married Christine Taylor. I'll point out that Christine Taylor is one of the women that Neil Patrick Harris slept with prior to going straight dude. No, he, so he, she blew it, really. <laughs> Basically, she had her chance, and she it's ruined it for fault? all the girls. Yeah. yeah. Let's not blame Christine Taylor. No. The cock knows what it wants. <laughs> the cock wants what the cock wants. Even if it is itself. Barney Stinson. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Th- one of the great things and about this is the great this part one. of this movie, though, is there's still 12 minutes left. Right. Which is, seems impossible because there's only this little, it must be some really yeah, lengthy I credits. Yeah, it's just the credits. Um, but ev- as, as we kind of glossed over a little bit, everyone, as you said, everyone got to have the opportunity where their one useless power was actually useful. Right. And it's like, the, of all the things that you could have the ability to do right now. It's great that you had that one. Thank God we had someone <laughs> yes. who had that one. Who had a flying bowling ball, who had a was able to gas people. And... That's also the key to a good Dungeons and Dragons experience, by the way. Every player <laughs> no needs kidding. to have their little moment where okay. whatever abilities they have are essentially I necessary. See. The shoveler makes his saving throw and by the way, I would know, always tr- try to do that but then I'd completely fuck up. This somehow. exact moment happened in Armageddon. Where the yeah. where the the blonde guy is, he gives like the kid a shuttle and all that stuff, and then it's, that's my daddy. Like that moment happened in Armageddon, but the only difference was, um, well, lighting and a dolly. <laughs> yeah, dolly shot. Because it's sliding across the room as he says, I "That's just, my daddy," and I'm like, Michael Bay. The exact moment just happened in Unstoppable. I just watched Unstoppable the other day, which is a great movie, but by God, it's got that same. You know, I'm going through a terrible breakup with my wife, but then she sees me save the world on TV and realizes I'm an okay guy and comes running to fall into my arms. You know, it's like it's again, it's a trope. It's a total trope. I totally figured this out, by the way. If you want to make a montage, an epic montage. Still a montage, but an epic one like Michael Bay. The only thing you do is put the camera on a dolly, slide it sideways during the take. That's how you shoot a that's, Michael Bay film. That's, that's it. The Michael yeah. Bay style. You just dolly. Just yeah. slide yeah. it back and forth. And by the way, if you never can't spin the camera, the camera, just get to the end of the dolly and go back. Yep. No, yeah. back it, the other it's, way. It's Ken Burns in real life. Like yeah. You you move the you pan the camera over the document of life. Yeah. That's deep, man. That's, that should be the name of your uh, fucking Judy Bloom novel. I think that's I think that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> Pan the, the camera over, over the, the document, document of life. life. Or it could the... be an Indiana Jones movie. I can't tell. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the document of life. Where's the birth certificate? Oh. The super squad. I like how she keeps it. She's yes. like, well, I guess. Yeah, Trying to, try to get rid of him, but he, he can't get destroyed. Can't throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be rude. I'd love to see. I'd love. I'd love for them to to pull one of that. that I mean, they're never going to because it was a bomb. But I'd love for them to pull like a ten years later sequel. You know, where are they now? That is Watchmen. Thing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess they they got mad. 
Yeah, they got mad and and sex so got now, awkward. Nine minutes Kinky of Usher. credits. Wow. This, this is what can't. Get, this is why Kinky Usher can't get work anymore. He has a nine minute credit set. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the problem. <laughs> oh, Mystery Men is, is a is a fun movie. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the story. Like I said before, this movie would be a good double feature with Galaxy Quest for me, in my estimation. Yeah, I would go. watch these two together because they're both character-driven, genre send-ups, if not lampoons or satires, that tell a story that could have been an actual superhero story, but they just happen to not be that. And in Galaxy Quest, it could have been a Star Trek movie. It's just a fun damn movie. It's it's not perfect, but every character is destroying. They're like chewing up the scene, spitting it out, chewing it up again, doing like a spider thing with it. <laughs> it's a fun movie, man. And that's all I got to say about it. Sax, how are you on uh, Mystery Man at this point? Did it you now you weren't you weren't big on it at the beginning of the episode. Are you are you warming up or No, I mean it's the same it's the same sort of like it's, you know, good to play in the background while you're having a conversation with a friend and stopping to see those moments you like, as we've repeated so many times. It's it's like a it's a window dressing movie, and, and that's good for it. And I, I love anything that deals with the superhero genre but isn't over the top, isn't like so capey that it gets a Daredevil. sad. Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> capey, that's a good word. I actually would have enjoyed this movie as not a comedy. Like, I would have, I would have loved to see the same plot about low-rent superheroes and not felt it necessary to, like, install a comedy, but I'm glad they did. I'm certainly... Even, even Ben Stiller, who I still think should eat poison... Is definitely very good in this film. Poise, and poisoned. Po- he should he should be eat, he should eat poisoned. Oh, okay. That's our, uh, no. He should eat poison or uh, or you know or be poisoned. I thought you said one of the two. Okay. Um, I thought you said he uh, would. Fuck him. I, I just well want to make sure that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you would may say hey. he he's poison, but you know you're actually advocating the poisoning of Ben. Stiller. No, no. That's the thing. That's why I said he has to eat poison. I'm okay. not suggesting anyone should poison him deliberately. Yeah, I think uh, Robert I just, De Niro gave him an antidote or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. We're just we're just saying, Ben, if you're listening. You know, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, by poison. That was now it's yeah. Ann Coulter and Ben Stiller on our ass. Apparently I honestly think this movie could have been Ricky Jay and Eddie Azard standing in a room discussing the movie. And I would pay to see that. I would totally pay to see that, dude. I want to see a table talk with fucking uh, Ricky Jay, Eddie Izzard, and Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Right nice. Now. Right oh, no, now. No, not right now. What's your Ten Twitter fantasy? That, yeah. Ten years ago. Ten yeah. years ago, Janine Garofalo. Not, yeah, not, not current now. Janine Garofalo. That would be the ultimate episode of Real Time with Bill Maher. <laughs> That's the panel of, of, of the gods. Michael Dorkman Scott, Mystery Man? Uh, yeah, I uh, feel about the same way now. Does this movie that warm your heart and make you want to hug things? Yeah, it, I, it's, it really is, I think. It, it was one of those ahead-of-its-time movies that kind of people were like, what the fuck is that? That doesn't fit in my box. And... Yeah. Uh, so just oh oh the joke we're passing this. up and there's uh, the credits say superheroes bad guys citizens and later in the uh, credits Frank points out uh, it says Dockers is the official khaki of Champion City yes but um, yeah they they it, this is a very strange movie and it it's kind of uh, you know uh, blends genres and stuff like that and I think people just kind of weren't into that kind of movie at the Thomas time Thomas Burton like, aka, AKA CeeLo. CeeLo that's yep, right frat boys Michael Bay Michael Bay and Ricky Rockman is also Where's Timo now? A director. If CeeLo did so well for himself. <laughs> but uh, you know what I want to know? Mark, Where the fuck Mark is Mother's, Ju- Mark Mothersbaugh for everyone's sake? Was he in this? Yeah. <laughs> the band oh leader. my god. Is he in this? Where the fuck? You fucking kidding me? I just want to know where DJ Jazzy Jeff is. That's all. Dane Cook, Doug Jones. What did Will Smith do to DJ Jazzy Jeff? <laughs> Where's the body, man? I, I want more of a reverse psychologist. <laughs> anyway, uh, Trey? Uh, oh, we're on me already. Did, did Dark, Dark Man ever finish I kind of just trailed off he there. He just kind of interrupted eight it's, times and yeah. lost the plot. It it was, was, you and this movie have a lot, a lot in common. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's uh, I I agree with Sax. I'm like it's it's good. I I love the movie, but it's it's certainly one that I watch like with friends casually. It's not one that I sit down and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch Mystery Men right yeah. now. You know? Yeah, it's not exactly Unforgiven. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, if if what, are you are you done? I don't want to interrupt you again. Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> full uh, stop. Yeah. Full stop. The end. Pass. Pass the conk. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's. Some parts of it just don't quite make it, and yeah, it's 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 amazing that it is from 1999. That's kind of hard to figure that it was that long ago that this movie came out because it it feels like something they would make now, which is probably as you were saying, that's probably the problem. Yeah. Is if they made it now, people are going to go, oh yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, I'm waiting so, for a distributor to do that. By the yeah, way, we're just so, to say uh, coming this summer, Mystery Man. Mystery Man. Talk about a like, reboot. Oh, nice. Talk about a reboot. You know, it's like it, it's due to reboot Mystery Man. Why not? Um, you know, they could actually say they're going to reboot it, and all the old cast could say they're going to be in it, then release, just this, release movie, this movie again. And everyone in America would buy it. Yeah. Didn't see yeah. Look at the cast in this thing. My God. So, yeah, it's a, it's a they movie got that. Dane Cook. It's, yeah, he's totally big now. It's a, it's a movie that got that reputation. One of those weird movies that gets that weird before anyone saw it. Oh, that's not a good movie. That's that's a, it's not. It's not. It's not good. It's not something. That's, I heard it wasn't good. I don't know what that is. And, and it was kind of a. Clearly, it went. I'm going to hope it went over budget for whatever reason. I <laughs> uh, hope that wasn't the budget they planned to spend on it because that was a bit crazy. Um, and it just you know something about it had that taint of being this troubled. This movie cost what was it, 68 million. 68 million in 1999. Sucker Punch this year cost this, 80. Cost 80. Yeah. This cost 70 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because of this cost ten million less shit. than Sucker Punch did last year. Yeah, they had to they had to go and build all that shit. And and yeah, you you mentioned the IMDb thing, and I I went and browsed the message boards really quickly, yeah. and it's totally like you see ones that are like this is the worst movie ever, and then I read it, and it's like this movie is dumb and not funny and sucks, and who are these people and blah blah. blah. I'm like this is written by someone who didn't have to see the movie to write this, and yeah. I bet he didn't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he did. You don't have to write. Who are these people? How? What? What under a rock person? Yeah. Like Janine Garofalo, please. Yeah. Who is that? Well, you know, as we learned. Although apparently Ben Stiller went on the Howard Stern show and just said, recently yeah, said, yeah, I kind of dissed the movie. Yeah. So that's why it's gotten a lot of attention. Suddenly, it's having a little spurt of attention. The sign of a true Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's both, of course, but uh, he's. You'll notice, by the way, that Hank Azarenza still has to be uh, titled as. Himself, open parentheses, Homer Simpson, close parentheses, to get people to care. He's not Homer Simpson. That's yeah, uh, that's uh, Dan Castellanata. Yeah. Um, he's everybody else. He's yeah, Mo. Basically. He's Mo and all those characters. He's Mo especially. <laughs> Lately, that's, that's been Mo-centric for two seasons. What yeah. a leap beat the drink. There's no uh, there's nobody by that name here. So. Alex Funky. Woo. Work with, the, work with Alex on the abyss and on the blob. So yeah, this is all top notch, you know. And look how long the effects credits have been going on. All this they, conversation they all got we've been having. In there. They all got in there. Everybody's in CJ it. CJ Matt painting producer Trey Stokes. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's right. I did. You work buried on this movie. the lead. I worked on this movie. That's right. I forgot that I worked on this movie. Everyone did apparently. I never did actually work on this movie. It's a shame I would have. But '99, uh, I would have been um, on uh, Polar Express. Uh, Yellow Submarine at that point. Oh. Well. You and everyone else lived on that show, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Show. So it's it's a movie that, uh, yeah, I think I think we've probably would have would have been interesting to see if this movie had been released like now, you know, and uh, maybe a couple of trims to that opening party scene with the old people and a few other things, and and probably change that song. <laughs> people, are like, why does it have that old hey, song? Now. No, we all, didn't even mention that. All retro with the uh, with the rock stars. They were like booking we're it better than that. They were okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're above it. No, I want to say it. They were booking on the fucking All-Star song by Smash Mouth, and then when it shows up in the movie, aside from the credits, 
it's in the montage and you're like all right cool and it literally shows up long enough for it to go hey now you're an all-star and then the fucking montage is over it's about <laughs> 10 seconds long yeah it's adorable but it is and in the credits what, what were the other two movies that came out like the same year that also had the shrek. Damn shrek there was shrek shrek had, shrek had all-star and uh also a gap commercial there was a gap. There was one more movie though that that was uh, more obscure. Than Blade Runner. Pro- probably someone in the. <laughs> yes, very faint, but it's in there. Probably. Oh, a uh, Rat Race. I'm pretty sure uh, was the yeah, one. Yeah, I oh, think you're right. Oh my god. So, yeah, so. starring Rowan Atkinson as someone else. And fuck that. And, yeah. Yeah. As, as somebody we don't want to see him play. And I John think Lovitz. It was that, yeah. Everything about this movie could have been done cheaper. Look at all the '70s music they got really cheap. Yeah. And they probably spent another Fifth million. Fifth of Beethoven, on man. Can I have Planet Claire? Fifth of Beethoven. Anyway, Dockers are the official khakis of Champion City. In loving so. memory of Mart Wheeler. And on that note, this has been Down in Front, and you can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes, get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook, Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum, involve yourself in the conversation, a wonderful community of people there that are mm-hmm. not trolls. At the forum, <laughs> we announce weekly when and what the live shows will be. If you want to involve yourself in the conversation, literally in the chat room, those all happen at downinfront.net slash live, but they're announced at the forum. You'll have to go there to find out. You can buy this movie from us at the store, and we get a buck. You can buy one of our T-shirts, we get a hundred bucks. Or you can donate money to us because you're just such a great person. With the shiny PayPal button, we're not asking; we're just saying. If you don't want to do any of those things, please rate or review us on iTunes. Matt made a video of the show notes and chapter breaks in iTunes. iTunes paid for this. Product place. Holden Hill designed and maintains the website, and also did the Android app, which is available now in the marketplace. The iPhone app is coming soon. And until next week, my name is T. Christie. And the blue Russia. Been down in front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Hey, uh, can we can we can we bring our brewskis? Yes, you may definitely bring the brewskis. Trendsinyourhead.com.